Welcome to the 1564 podcast. 1564. You want me to que, translate for people? Para los en, que hablan español. <laughs> en español. En español. <laughs> Super. Welcome to the cyberspaces, everybody, of worship podcasting. Uh, for those of you guys who didn't know, or maybe this is the first time you're listening, my name is David Barrera. The first. There is, I am not a junior, but I will be a senior. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> Y aquí a mi lado tengo a un buen compa. I have a really good friend. Sorry, I'm gonna. <laughs> I speak. I always speak Spanish to you because we can. We speak Spanish and we speak yes. Spanish. Yes. Keep on doing it, bro. Keep this is gonna be in English. It blesses my heart. It does. Uh, <laughs> and it blesses my heart because I. Uh, I'm. I'm fortunate enough to be uh, Mexican American, first generation, but to be very fluent in Spanish. There's not a lot of Mexican Americans that can say that. Um, not my kids. <laughs> 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 but uh which we'll get into but uh here to my left and depending on how you're watching it to your right uh i have a very awesome guest a really good friend of mine his name is beto Humberto gudinho the are you the second or the first i'm technically the second you're i mean the second because you're mean, a junior no it, yeah but it doesn't in spanish we don't really do the second right the second i guess we do because there's fermin cuatro fermin. that that big singer <laughs> that big is a rapper no, or whatever what yeah, yeah and he's fourth so he's the fourth. i mean i mean maybe but yeah. yeah so i'm this my dad's umberto and, and i'm then, yeah. umberto also and then you're umberto also <laughs> and then yeah. your kids are middle name are betos right too no, that's their their first name. That's their first name. So. Yeah, and their middle name is one is Joseph and the other one's Dorian. Wow, so they're gonna yeah. be. I wonder if it would be considered the third and the fourth, or just the thirds, because they're technically just the third generation. Oh, I don't know. That that's a that would be interesting to find out. Yeah, because you're technically second generation, and they're uh -huh. your third. They're your we would be your dad's third. Yeah, generation of you and the first generation American born. Betos or Gudinos, probably is it? Are they yeah. first generation Gudinos born here in the states? Yes. Or do you have any more family that was born here in the states? Uh, not as far as I know. I think we were all <laughs> not as far as I know. As far, yeah, I mean, because our family has history, so <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, I don't. You know, we're not. Yeah. But uh, my friend Beto here is, dude. You do everything. You are a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything, <laughs> you know, jack of all trades. And I would say just like all of us, you know, master of none. But you master a lot of things really well. Um, but uh, Beto is a guitar player, is a songwriter and a really good songwriter. Dude, you are an amazing songwriter and we'll get into that. Um, you are a creative. You do videos. You not only edit videos, but you are the force behind videos you lead worship here at Palm Harvest Church uh, when I'm not around or when I don't want to. <laughs> when, when I don't feel like when it. When I don't feel like it. You lead worship, but you're also, you are the producer, executive, I guess producer, executive producer of this podcast, which we'll get into as well, uh, because you're a big fan of podcasting as I am. And uh, you run your your podcast empire here from this studio. yes from this tiny little room in Costa Mesa. <laughs> you run your your media empire <laughs> yes, and you produce this podcast. And uh, uh, probably your most important job is you're a dad and you're a husband um, to three awesome kids um, and your awesome wife who is full of energy. I'm already crying, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so good. And I've known you. I met you in 2000. Okay, so I think the first time I formally met you and talked to you was in 2011, but I had probably seen you before that because we were, so Beto and I were in a band together, uh, Beto's project, his life project, uh, named Signa, which was formed in Mexico, right, Beto? You were formed in Guadalajara, Mexico. Yes, That's sir. where Beto's from. He's from Guadalajara, Mexico, uh, the second biggest city in, in Mexico. Uh, and I've never been there, but from all accounts, it's a beautiful, go, beautiful man. city. Yeah, I got to go. I have a... <sighs> Uh, one of my tías, one of my aunts, <laughs> is from from Guadalajara, Mexico, and uh, La Perla Tapatía, as it's also known. Uh, and he's a big Ochivas fan. Sorry mm. for your loss on Sunday. This could have been it, man. This could have been it. We could have had a celebration of the number thirteen, La Trece, for Chivas. They yeah. could, their campeonato, their championship number thirteen. But uh, very needed, very much needed, very much needed. But uh, and Chivas is. Depending on who, because I'm Americanista, that's Chivas' arch rival. Depending on who yeah. you ask, it's, it comes it comes down to Chivas and America, the most popular teams uh, in Mexico. I'll tell you what I was hearing on this final. Okay. That for Chivas, yes. winning over America one game before the final was was, was basically like winning the championship. For some of the fan, for right. some of the Chivas fans, right. because they're their arch rival. Yeah. So like that fell. I mean, the, the it feels bad losing the championship. Yeah, but winning versus America in the semifinal, right? <laughs> it's it's the, it's the very next close to winning the championship. So I I know you're <laughs> laughing. I saw the semifinal, and I was and and so for those of you who are not uh, football fans, soccer fans, yeah, uh, Beto and I are big big time soccer fans. But in Mexico, the way it works is they have a playoff system, and so you play two games. You play mm. one at home and then one at the visitors, and it's all based on your pers- like where you land. Because in, in in football, you usually have a general like table of the teams, and they're placed you know one through eighteen, one through twenty, and depending the highest the higher you are, you have an advantage. You, basically, you have a home field advantage, which is the game number two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which we had on the final, <laughs> what you guys did have on the final. That's it, right. It didn't seem like it played a big role though. No, it didn't. But going back to that America game, uh, we started America had home field advantage and the first game was at, uh, Estadio Acron, which is in, in Zapopan. It's not even in Guadalajara, but it's in, in right there in Jalisco. And, uh, what was the score? I think it was three, one. Yeah, I forgot, man. My, I think it was three one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my me memory too. Memory is, but America zero. won. We were up by two goals. Yeah, and so the way to qualify to the to the to the championship oh, yeah, yeah. game, Chivas needed to go to uh, America Stadium, which is Estadio Azteca. And for those of you who don't know about football, Estadio Azteca is like this mythical. Yeah, football, like not just in Mexico, in the world, right? Yeah. Like monumental, like mo- yeah, like like FIFA finals have been played there. Maradona, Pele yeah. won their, you know, signed their greatest achievements of their career in the Estadio Azteca, and it will be the only stadium. It's, it's. Uh, I think the Maracanã in Brazil is number two, but Estadio Azteca will be the only in 2026 to hold three World Cups. Wow! Yeah, it's going to inaugurate. It's legendary. It's a legendary stadium. That's yes. where, and Chivas did the basically unthinkable, mm-hmm. and uh, not only tied the series, but ended up beating America in that game. Yeah, and Chivas qualified to the finals against this team called Tigres. And Tigres, they're a really good team. They have a, but they're not a traditional. 
like legendary Mexican team. They're they're not, yeah. you know. It's like Chivas and America are. Like it's basically down to those two teams. Like yes. who has the best fan bases? <laughs> and yes, like you back to what you said. <laughs> Playing closing out the series at Estadio Acron did not play in Chivas' favor. Yeah, I don't know why not because usually the Chivas aficionados yeah are amazing and supportive and i don't know if it's because when i'm watching on tv yeah back in the days like i don't i don't know how many microphones they had on the audience but you could actually hear the right. audience like yeah. <sighs> yeah and this time i don't know if the microphones were not on yeah. or just the, the the audience wasn't there modern stadiums i don't know or modern <laughs> stadiums or they just got no they they were uh, two to zero winning. Right. So maybe they thought we have this on our uh, <laughs> it's on in our the bag. Head. Yeah. <laughs> and then, right, the first goal, and it was a penalty. So maybe it silenced the audience, and then like, oops, we're in trouble. <laughs> and then the next one came like almost like right away. <laughs> so at that point, and I don't know, but uh, I mean, this would be kind of interesting to to figure out if you feel like this, because I think Mexicans. I'm from like I grew up in Mexico, right. so. We're very sentimental, man. Like yeah, we have, absolutely. what do you say, like heart on our sleeve or something like See? that? That's the uh -huh. word, yep. right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like all or nothing, right? So whenever they score against us, it's like, oh, it's over, you know. Oh, right, no. right. Right, so yeah. it's really hard for a Mexican to have that, like, oh, we're going to do it. You know, right. even if we're losing three to zero, right. we can still do it. Right. It's hard, man, because we're super sentimental. Like one zero yeah. is like, oh, boy, That's they're it. on top of us. That's it. You yeah. know, we're not going to make it another right. four years or yeah. whatever. It's like a very defeatist <laughs> attitude that like, yes. the Mexicans have. Yeah. Um, and that game. OK, so I'm an Amenico fan and saying this is probably like sacrilegious somewhere in Mexico. <laughs> but I was rooting for Chivas because yes. in, my, in my head... Thank I, you, bro. In my head, I'm like, Chivas... Okay, so if Chivas plays Thank only you. with Mexican players. <laughs> Mexican, The Mexican soccer Which now league, is a yeah. thing. It's a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, back in the days, it was... Oh, cool. You know, the, the, the only team with right. only Mexican players... is Chivas. Right. Yeah. And now I feel like... It's like, what? A team with only Mexican players? Right. It's crazy to think of. Yeah, because the Mexican league is so full of uh, players from other countries. Like, the the players that get the most chances in Mexico are, player, are you know, Argentinos, people from Argent players from Argentina. Brazil. Or, uh, Brazil, Colombia, Paraguay, mm -hmm. Chilenos. You know, we even get people like uh, Tigres, their main scorer. He's French. Guignac, he's yeah. French. And he's like one of the greatest like foreign players of all time at this point, yeah. you know. But Chivas is known to literally just have Mexican players and players that they produce. So mm -hmm. it's not even like players that you they buy because mm -hmm. there's not a lot of them in Mexico and they're very expensive if they are. So it's yeah. like whatever it's they're from our academy. Whatever mm -hmm. we produce is what we have. Yeah. <laughs> so you like that. Yeah, I do like that because I'm, right, you know. So that's why you were rooting for it. Because I was rooting, man. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, we need to have, after the whole uh, catastrophe that was Mexico in the World Cup, I was just like, yeah. okay, we need a Mexican team to win something. <laughs> yes, that's funny. Because even my kids were asking something like, do you think Chivas, like if it's only Mexican players, do you think they should be the, you know, the Mexican <laughs> team yeah. playing? Again? I'm like, oh, I'm not so sure, but... <laughs> <laughs> I always say yes because they always ask me, "Who's your favorite team? Is it yeah. Mexico or Chivas?" Mm. And I always say Chivas first. Yeah, and then Mexico second. Yeah, as but it should be. That's that's like the rule of soccer fandom. It's like club yeah. first and then mm. country. Yeah. So it's like, and I heard that from an Argentino because this oh, guy wow. was like big old Boca Juniors fan, and he's like, "Oh yeah. no, Boca Juniors number one." 
Argentina, you know, because yeah. it's a different thing. Like your national team is a different thing from like, wow. you know, because like, for for example, like in, in football, it's very much like from your city to barrio. It's a, it's a yeah. you know, like it's it's where you're from. Like in Mexico City, there's three, there maybe more professional soccer team, but it's Pumas, Cruz Azul and america and it's all like what section of mexico city in guadalajara there's also two of them right that divide yeah. the city atlas atlas and chivas and chivas there used to be another one but they went lower oh, yeah. lower league lower league second los tecos soccer. los tecos <laughs> tecos yeah, which I don't, think, I, I don't know if anybody remembers los tecos <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so sorry tecos that fans dates me bro <laughs> but, oh boy but nonetheless you grew up in this city guadalajara all of that to say. All of that to say. <laughs> we're going to pray for Chivas. <laughs> Please. And hopefully they have a winning season coming up in a few months. But, uh, you, dude, you grew up in Guadalajara. Did you grow up in church? Because I, I grew up, I, 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 I think I told this in the last, last podcast, but I grew up in church. My memories of church. Like, so I didn't grow up Catholic. I didn't grow up anything else other mm. than this. Did you grow up in this? Yes. Yeah, I grew up in a... I don't I mean I guess the way to describe it for most people is like Protestant evangelical right church yes uh but really growing up I went to like all kinds of churches man so I mean that's the one I grew up in but then there was a, a little bit of like a newer uh cuz it was very old school and I mean yeah. I loved it but it was you no know, old school in the, in in the right you only sing hymns okay you were not okay. allowed to like even clap Okay. During the service, you had okay. to like lift, uh, uh, like the sheet of paper with the with the Sunday program. Yeah, <laughs> you would lift that up and yeah. then wave it and go like, Shh. really? <laughs> so nobody would clap. It was like like uh, dishonoring or whatever. Wow. So whenever you know somebody perform a piano piece yeah. or you know somebody yeah. wanted to really congratulate somebody, yeah, like everybody rose their things. It's like. Shh. <laughs> really yeah wow it was intense man so anyways after that a few of my family went through maybe like some a little bit of a spiritual revival okay and they started going a more it wasn't really pentecostal but a little bit more leaning towards that you know because okay. it was a um like non-denominational yeah. church and you know where you do the ba baptism and, and things like that because in the one i grew up in yeah you didn't have a baptism as an adult Oh, okay. and okay. you, I, I think you also didn't have a baptism as a kid, but you have some sort of like huh, presentation okay. as a kid, something like, like that. A, yeah, I can't, I can't even remember because I didn't yeah. do it. Like a confirmation, because right? I know that the Catholic Church is like a confirmation. Yeah, it's like not. Something? It's something. It was. It was basically something a along transition those lines. between Catholicism and okay. and Protestant evangelical, like what we know yeah. Yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was not super Catholic traditional, but not super no Pentecostal in that sense. Yeah. But then, you know, my family kind of like started going to like all different kinds of churches, uh, when I was like in my teens. Okay. So I visited my cousin's church, which was a, like a Bible church. So it was a okay. little bit different. And then, right. uh, just visiting different friends' churches and stuff like that. Okay. You know, I just got to meet like different ways of, I guess, worshiping. Yeah. In a sense. So That's that cool. that just kind of opened me up to like, oh, okay, so no, there's there's more to my experience than in terms of Christianity. Right, right. But yes, I I mean your question is, did I grow up? So yes, I did. How was that in Mexico? Because I from what I know, it, 
Mexico, Mexico, I'll say Mexico, <laughs> yeah, yes. uh, is a, a mostly Catholic mm. country. How yeah. And so I know my experience of growing up as a Christian or a Protestant here in the States where it's a very Protestant forward country. Yeah. So I, I don't know what that's like growing up in a country where like maybe being a Christian is like way, I'll use this term, weirder than it is here in the States where it's pretty common here. Yeah. You know, I would say Christianity now is pretty common everywhere, but maybe mm-hmm. back in the late 80s, early 90s when you were a kid and, you know, you're all, you know, get, you know, what religion are you? And maybe you say, no, I'm a Christian. Yeah. How, how was that like growing up? That, that's so good, man. <laughs> I was, I remember I was in, uh, say, grade school. Yeah. Like elementary. Elementary school. Years. Yeah. Yes. And probably fifth grade, maybe fourth grade. I can't remember exactly, but between, between four and six. Yeah. Um. And I remember one day they asked everybody, you know, you're going to tell which religion are you. Okay. And it <laughs> wow. was so interesting because I didn't know what I was. Wow. Right? I mean, okay. I knew I, I went to church and I knew right. you no know, Jesus and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, what, what should I respond? Because I, I knew I wasn't Catholic. Right. But I didn't know necessarily what to say. Like, am I what? And I remember wow. going to my parents. I, I think they were still together at that time. Because um, my parents got divorced right around when I was in like fifth or sixth grade. Okay. Uh, but I remember coming back to them and like, hey, what what are we? What? <laughs> and they said, you know, say that, I, I guess it was my dad, you know, oh, we're Protestant. Protestante. So, okay, yeah. Protestante. So I remember, you know, when the next day yeah. and she goes and asks, and, you know, Protestante. Oh, okay. And I was one of the few right. that wasn't Catholic because I guess... Maybe 80%, 80-something 80 yeah. were Catholic, and yeah. then I'm sure, I mean, I can't recall exactly, but I remember maybe hearing, I don't know, Jehovah Witness or something okay. like that. Yeah. Right? Or Luz del Mundo. There's, Luz del Mundo, yeah, There's right. a Luz del Mundo yeah. in, in Guadalajara, too. Right. So, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. And, but I remember saying Protestant, and I don't recall anybody else saying that either. Okay. So, I was probably the only one in my class of, like, 50 kids so you're a minority yeah <laughs> of, of a the theological minority or whatever theological minority <laughs> in mexico yes. because i i always i see i always thought that was interesting the people that grew up in other countries were like being a christian or a protestant is not like the popular religion you know mm-hmm. in a country where like oh maybe catholicism and when and i and i know this like in, in in mexico when people say oh i'm catholic it's mostly just out of tradition it's not because they actually really go to church all the time or anything mm-hmm. like that so is there was there any other experience where you felt like okay this is different i'm a little different and my family believes in something a little different oh, from yeah. other kids is there any other experience that you're like okay this this is i'm different yeah wow that's good i I think i've been going to church most sundays of my life right i mean there's been maybe counted even with my fingers (laughs) yeah i am a little more than that but yeah um i think i've been in church like every single sunday at some point like at some church you know going to either my cousin's church the church my parents grew up in or whatever so um yeah i think there's uh you 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 do discover that there's something different in right. it, yeah. right? But also at the same time, like the experience of going to so many right. different traditions, yeah. right? Like the the biblical church and the you no know, more Pentecostal churches and the you no know, more traditional churches and Protestant and even Catholic church, because you no know, part of my family 
was Catholic. So I remember <laughs> that was mostly here in the U.S. when I would come and visit the right. U.S. and go to Disneyland. It was like my aunt would say, you, we're not going to Disneyland if you don't go to no, the, the mass. Right. Or if you don't do like this uh, <laughs> yeah. rosary. So yeah. we had to like kneel down and yeah. read the rosary like for two hours. Right. So that I would go, I could go to Disneyland or no wow. Universal Studios and things yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, like it made me, it made me question like, um, what is, why is this different? And I think I saw it mostly in my family, you mm, know, okay. like, yeah. like, and right now I'm in probably, yeah, the closest people to me. So like my mom, my aunt, and I would say the difference is really transformation. Mm. And it's a transformation for just really goodness or kindness, you know, mm, like whereas right. my, my aunt would be more volatile before, <laughs> right. right? After yeah. like encountering Jesus. And yeah. then, because I remember she, she went to the same church I grew up in, like the more traditional church. Yeah. And even though it was great, I mean, I, I'm not you know, bashing on like old school traditional um church because i it was amazing like right, I, I can right. never point back and say oh man they hurt me or something right, like that right. it was awesome yeah right but then uh when my aunt especially my aunt because i remember it almost like so vividly uh when she got baptized you know she it was at this other church like more pentecostally or whatever okay and it, it was like i'm leaving my old self behind Wow. And I'm going in the water and I'm yeah. coming out like as a brand new person. Brand new person. And, and it was so evident in the way she lived, right? Like, I mean, she uh, at this point, I think my mom moved to the U.S. And she didn't become my mom because she always could separate, you know, like, I'm not your mom, I'm your aunt. Yeah. But I grew up with my cousins really close. And I just saw it every day, man. Like, she would have like, the daily Bible verses on the table. Yeah. She would have... Bible verses in the no in the in the restrooms in the walls <laughs> right, everywhere right, like everywhere right. you went yeah and she would talk about Christ all the time or Jesus you know and wow. kind of like yeah. say hey this is what it means to follow Christ you know yeah. to be basically to be better humans right and to be more kind and to be more right. forgiving and right. you know where she used to be more like I said volatile now she's she's kinder. She, you were witnessing the change. You were yes. legitimately witnessing Jesus yes. change this person's life. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I think to me it was very evident, like, oh, following like knowing Jesus is more about that transformation than about right. like all the you know, theological stuff or religious right. stuff. Right. Yeah. It was more like, oh yeah, he can change you to be nice, nicer, you know, kinder. Right. Uh, yeah. More no. I, I guess the 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 thing with transformation to me is like you respond with goodness, mm, right? So yeah. he transforms you because now he's indwelling you and his word is changing you. Yeah. So where before you would react and be whatever, say a bad word or whatever. Right. Right. right? Now you you think about it twice. Yeah. You're like, oh, I shouldn't say and that. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say that. And then <laughs> right. maybe yeah. bless somebody instead of cursing and things like that. Wow. So I saw that. Like, I saw it. First-hand account, yeah. Yeah, first-hand account. So I'm like, okay, this is, that's what it means to follow Jesus. This is what Jesus you know? is all about right here. Yeah. So it was very practical in that sense. It never felt right. like yeah. I'm following a religion or I'm yeah. following a system or I'm following a pastor. Right. It was, no, there's, there's... Jesus 
and he showed us a way to be kinder mm. and loving. And if you follow him, you learn his ways and mm. his spirit guides you and and you can do the same basically. You can right. be like him. Wow. So yeah, I think that was the the main difference. But I think I've I've learned a lot too. I think now when I look back, like I see more I can point to more times where I saw Jesus active in mm. other people. Wow, yeah. Then than when I was living it, right? Like, I, I think God is at work all the time. And yeah. and it's so interesting. You know, when Jesus was here, he was saying, I only do what I see the Father doing. Right. So he's like, wow, so what is the Father doing? And what was it that Jesus was seeing the Father doing that he only did interact in that, in that, uh, you know, whenever the Father was moving, Jesus was like, okay, I'm participating here in what God is doing. And so when I look back, I think I have a, a better maybe appreciation or maybe inclusivity. I don't know yeah. if that's the right word, well, but it, it's hindsight, you know? Yeah. Like, in hindsight and hindsight now older. And I think, you know. I think, and especially, you know, like meeting my wife, Millie, right. And knowing she came from the Catholic background. Right. I'm like, I don't think, I don't think they were like against God by being Catholic. Right. right? No, no, or they yeah. were, you know, away right. from God because right. they were in a different system right mm -hmm. or religion yeah uh because now when i look back it's like wow like god was at work yeah. in her life as much as he was in mine right even though we grew up in in difference no she would grow up more like with the catholic mm -hmm. tradition but i'm like even in that tradition she was seeing glimpses of jesus right and yeah. of that transformation yeah. and of that invitation to like really what it means to follow christ right so now i have a better uh I don't know. I when somebody says there's something else, I don't immediately dismiss it. Whereas before, I think it was more like that. You know, like oh, I'm Protestant, you're Catholic. We're in a different right. You're right. Yeah. You know, we're we're not in the same. We're not the same. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're different. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I appreciate that a little bit more now. Like, hmm, you might be in a different journey, but I think God God is not afraid of religions right. or afraid no. of even it's denominations. Still a journey, you know, it's still yeah. yeah. I think you hit it. That that's a perfect word, a journey. Because if we look through the Bible, that's all it. It's literally the journey of people, you know, and God trying yes. to speak to them. And it's like the journey of humanity. And I mean, the, one of the biggest examples that comes to mind is like Paul. Yeah. His journey from being this religious guy persecuting yeah. Christians and killing Christians to getting knocked off his horse on the way to Damascus, you know, and having this revelation and all of it. Yeah. And you know. But then he ends up in prison and he ends up getting beat up and he ends up dealing with all these, you know, uh, churches that he was planting and the drama there. And it's like the part of the journey, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, no, that, that's interesting, man. I like that word, the journey. And it's like, you're not afraid of that now or you're not weary of that now. You're just like, okay, cool. It's, it's part of God, what God's trying to do with somebody. Mm -hmm. And I guess I would ask, because you're one of the most... Like I was saying earlier, you you have a really good, like, your songwriting is very storytelling and the way you put words together, like, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive to see. Like, your songs are very poetic. And if you listen to Signa music, you know, it, it, you just have a way with words. So when did, when did you get that? When did the music start for you? You're growing up in this Christian home. Oh. 
uh when did that start when did the music bug finally hit you and yeah. you're like okay this is something i like it's something i'm good at something i want to pursue yeah wow that's so good because I, i think i mean the 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 first way to answer that question i think is the the journey hasn't ended right know? and and i feel like i'm actually passing it on to yeah. my kids yeah so i think that's part of the of that you know growing up and when did the bug of music started yeah. i'm like i'm like it's still there but now it's it's been transferred yeah so I say that because I see my son, you know, like playing the guitar. I'm like, wow, he's picking up the guitar in like two months. He's already playing like, <laughs> like better than I played in like two years of practicing, you know? Right. Um, but then I remember when I was little, I, I mean, again, you know, in the same church, the, the Protestant church I grew up in, which is super, man, that church is beautiful. The building itself. Yeah. Right. Because the church is people, but uh, the building, it has so many memories because it's a, uh, like a, uh, the 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 shape the architecture right. of the building it's very old school okay. but at the same time being a a, a protestant building is mm -hmm. not the typical catholic church building yeah in mexico yeah. so when you go there and visit it i mean right now it's probably run down because it's been no, many years <laughs> many years but uh it just has so many memories so that's where i grew up in and i grew up like um going every sunday and then they had a service for kids. Mm. So we would go to like, like this little chapel for kids. And I don't remember how many kids were there. I mean, 20, 30, mm -hmm. 10, it didn't matter. But mm -hmm. I remember we always sang songs. Okay. And I remember, you know, a, a woman on the piano, because like I said, you know, it yeah. wasn't like no, no big production with guitars and stuff right. like that. It was maybe a piano, maybe an acoustic guitar. And that's it. But it was your worship time. And that was the worship time. Yeah. And I remember like singing these songs with you know like belting them out and and you know, da, 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 or whatever it was the, the whatever the song was you know um yeah i mean i'm trying to remember the songs but uh they're in spanish but there was one like jerusalem jerusalem like those typical songs right like the coritas and things like that yeah like yeah songs like that yeah. uh and i remember just like loving to sing And at some point, I remember maybe fiddling with the piano and the piano woman, which I forgot her name right now, but I think Mariana, something like that. Uh, I remember her saying to my dad, you know, I think he, if he pursues music, he's got something with music. Wow. And, but the funny thing is like, I don't think my dad caught it. Okay. You know, I don't think right. my dad said, oh yeah, cool. And I'm going to help my son <laughs> pursue right, music. Right. So it was always almost like the odd thing to pursue. Because mm. it wasn't really in the family. I think, you no, know, my dad appreciates music, right. but it wasn't like he was a musician or something right. like that. Yeah. So it was more like a journey I had to discover myself. You know, so now when I look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's always been there. You know, I was mm. in the choir when I was in junior high. Yeah. I was in the, in the music choir, nice. right? Like singing songs and stuff like that, right? So now when I look back, I'm like, yeah, like it's always been a part of my journey. Yeah. But as I'm living it, I wasn't like, oh, this is something I'm good at and I need to pursue. And, you know, these are all the, uh, like, I feel like I didn't have a mentor to say, right, oh, right. okay, this is this kind of like how you get started right. or you know, how you can pursue it. And it's okay, you know, because I think uh, no, it, now that's why I'm, I'm feeling like, oh, okay, so now with my kids, I do get to, to help have them, that, mentor yeah. them yeah. and, 
And it's just, I think it's just a journey. You know, my journey was different. And, but I, I mean, the question was, uh, you know, when did it start? And I think it started like <laughs> since I was little, man, like yeah. those little moments in church. And I always loved uh, the singing in church and, you know, the songs from, we sang at camps and stuff like that. Always loved them. You know, it's just part of my, it's funny, like my kids just went to a camp in Mexico where yeah. I grew up going. Yeah. They came back. And they're singing the songs and I'm singing along and like, how can you remember all these songs? Right. Yeah. And they're just right here, man. Like all yeah. the songs are right here. Yep. Like I know all of them by yeah. memory. And yeah. even because uh, he brought me the, the hymnary, mm -hmm. right? And I'm just seeing the, not even the chords or anything, just the, the, the words. And I remember the melodies to each one of them. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, da -da 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 -da. that's how it went. Da -da 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 -da. It's imprinted in not just your head, it's in your heart. Yeah. Printed, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think there's something to that, you know, like the just melodies are, yeah, they just have a way to make you, help you remember things. Yeah. So in this case, they just help me remember like just fond memories of good times. Right. There's something about worship that not obviously it connects you to God, but there's something about it almost <clears throat> sentimental. Like you can sing these old songs that you used to before and not, and not, and it brings up these memories and it brings up these memories of church and growing up and yeah. almost in like in the kind of, and now sharing them with your kids, probably in a very kind of like almost sentimental way. Like, wow, this, it's coming full circle, you know, like yeah. this gospel journey is coming full circle. It's, it started with my family, with me, and now my kids, Oh yeah, you know, are, are, are part of this, you know, mm -hmm. is that something pretty relatable? Yeah, I think, so uh, this is going to be pretty long, but hold on. Say it. Go. So I was recording a podcast today with these guys from, they're, they're called Pixel Podcast. Check them out. Check them out. So good. And they talk about gaming and stuff like that. But basically one of the guys that was on the podcast, and I'm, I'm behind the screens producing the show, right. right? But I'm listening and I love podcasts. So I'm, I'm always like, oh, that's cool. You know? You're a fan. Yeah. Um, so they were talking about nostalgia. Oh yeah, and they were mm -hmm. talking about. They're basically one of them is a store owner for retro gaming stuff, okay. right? So like old school Nintendo NES and things like that, right? And they're talking about like, like why do you think people like look back into like those games, right? And he's and one of the guys who's a store owner of like five stores throughout the U.S. He's like, I think what I'm selling is not the product itself. What I'm selling is the nostalgia. Right, yeah. because people yeah. come and it's like, how many times have I heard people come into the store and say, "Wow, I forgot about this," and "Oh, right. I remember this," and it made me feel like this, right? So it's the good memories, or it's the even the bad memories, but the the memories that it brings associated with it, associated yeah. with the gaming, right? So in this case, I feel like worship and music itself has a way to right. That's why some people say, "Oh, that's the soundtrack of my life." Right. Because yeah. it, it, yeah. it points you back to a place and time. Yeah. And it places you in that memory or it brings back that memory. And it's like, yeah. you're maybe reliving it or whatever. So music has a way to do that. Yes. And what's so interesting is that as they were saying that, like nostalgia and, and you know, just the memories that we have, I'm like, wow, that's that's so cool because I think not only music, right? And worship. Yeah. There's many, I mean, like even games, yeah. right? But I'm like, why is it that we as humans are oriented for that? And I think to me, it's, I think what I've discovered now and you know, when I look at my kids and all of that, it's 
it's presence, mm. right? Because presence creates memories. Yes. Like you cannot create a memory if you're not present. Present. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because it's just going to be, it's just, it's like when you drive and you forget how you got somewhere. Yeah. Right? It's because you're not present. Your mind is somewhere, somewhere else. else. Yep. And you drive and you get there and you're like, oh, how, how did you even get here? Yeah. <laughs> right? right? So that's almost the same. That's why, like that movie Click, remember yeah. with Adam Sandler? Yeah. Where the guy is like basically wastes his time um, because he fast forwards throughout through his life. Yeah. And then he gets to the end. He's like, what? I did that? And he doesn't even remember like the good times with his family. Right. And then he goes back. And I, I mean, it's, it's a really hard scene, but I love this scene where he's in front of his dad and... And I mean, of his kids, mm -hmm. and the kids are asking him questions. And I know ah, it's his dad, yeah. his dad before he passes, right? He comes to yeah. him to ask a question, and he's on the computer or on the cell phone or something like that, some device, right? And he doesn't even look at him. And no, his other version of him is watching that. And it's like, look at him. Come on, look at him. You're missing it. Like, you're missing yeah. life in front of you. Right. You're missing the moment with your dad, and he's about to pass, and you're missing it. Wow. Right. So that, I mean, that, I mean, that, that movie just kind of points to that, like nostalgia and being present. So I think, I think that's why to me, church brings so many good memories Yeah, because those were the days when, I mean, one, when I was doing camp and stuff like that, you weren't allowed to have any devices and things like that. So it's like, you were fully invested And what was going on? And there probably wasn't any devices there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe a Game there Boy was or no, something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. There was no smartphones at this time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we were we were kind of lucky in that way. Right. Yes. Um, but but I feel like present. Like now, I value that so much. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I think of my kids. Saying yes to them, like being in the moment. Yes. And I mean, we all fight with them saying I'm perfect. Right. Right. Because sometimes I you know I want to look at my phone or things like that. And I'm like, sometimes I think like, will they, are they going to remember me as the guy, as their dad looking at his phone or mm -hmm. as the dad who played with them, as the dad who, you know, took right. him to the beach or right. as the dad who rollerbladed with them. Right. And things like that. So am I going to create memories because I was present Mm. Or am I gonna am I gonna miss it, right? Yeah. And and I think the the interesting thing about presence is that it works both ways. Mm. You know, it works for you and it works for me. Like yeah. if if I'm present with you, you might remember me as oh we had a good time in that moment. Right. Right. But I might remember you as we had a good time in that moment. Right. Right. And yeah. when you're not fully invested in present, yeah. you miss that. You know? So there's even yeah. not there's not even no time for nostalgia if there if it's if you weren't present in right. the moment. Yeah, because you right. there's nothing of it that you remember or that comes to mind. Yeah. That's special that stands out. Presence. Yeah. No, man, that that's really good. And and then in all this journey, where does Cigna come into play? Eventually you get the music bug. Yeah. You're you're singing these songs. You're a kid. When's the first time that you're like, okay, I I, I think I want to start this band. I think I want to start this musical project. You know. Yeah, I think I was. Um, probably around seventeen, eighteen. It's already a little older. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember. I mean, I was here in the U.S. when I started. Like, I, th I think I was here from like 18 to 19, something like mm -hmm. that. I, I spent like a whole year here before going back to Mexico and going to, um, you know, college or university. Yeah. yeah. 
So during that year, I remember just like playing the guitar every single day. But also I remember not not really wanting to start a band, mm -hmm. but feeling that like inclining to, I wonder if I could be a part of the team at church, right? And okay. play with the team and yeah. you know, be part of the band. Yeah. So I think that's where the where that uh, you no know, team uh, bug started. Like, yeah. oh, maybe there's there's more to music than just a guy with a guitar. Right. You wanted to be part of something. Right. So then yeah. when I went back to Mexico, I already yeah. had the bug of like, oh, we should start something. And uh, interestingly enough, I started going to like this music um, music classes, which okay. is funny. They were imparted by the former piano player or keyboardist of Cristian Castro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I think he also played for like... Um, Google Cristian Castro. Yeah. You don't know who he is. Google. Yeah. <laughs> Google Cristian Castro. His parents are very famous in Mexico. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Veronica Castro and El Loco Valdez. El Loco Valdez, yeah. So anyways, he was the, the music teacher and I went to like a showcase where he was playing. Okay. And they were improv, like doing improv, like right. jazz stuff. I'm like, wow, these guys are amazing, right? And even though I've, I've never, like jazz has never been my thing. Yeah. I'm like, if I want to learn music, it's probably from, so from, from a guy guys. like this. Yeah. Virtuoso they were players. like, yeah. no, doing like, and that's where, no, that's why my, one of my sons is Dorian because, you know, one of the modes of the scale. Yeah, the scales. Of right. Dorian, so yeah. Ionian, Dorian and yeah. all those. Not that I can play them, you know, <laughs> like with that virtuosity. It sounds good. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds good. And and so anyways, uh, this guy had a school for music and I signed up and that's where I met my friend uh, Carlos or Chocho. Yeah. And then I remember at this point when I started going to university and they had a, a thing called Cancion Mensaje. Um, it, it was like a un concurso, like yeah, a, a contest, a contest, right? Yeah. So you would write a song, mm -hmm. and then you would you know, try to perform it, and they they would pick like the best song, and then you would perform like in front of the whole audience okay. or whatever. And this right? was like secular school, or was this Christian a Christian contest? No, no, it's just a secular school. Okay. But it was, um, I mean, the the school I went to was. Um, Christian based, but Catholic Christian based. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so it was gotcha. a Catholic school, pretty right, much. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so the the thing that they were trying to do, it was actually it was called Cancion Mensaje. Okay. So it was a song with a message. Well, a good message, yeah. Right. Positive so the, they were not opposed to like if you sang about God and things okay. like that. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's that's a good message, <laughs> right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Jesus things right. like that. Yeah. So I remember I wrote one song, and then another song was from a friend that said. No, one of those like this happens to every musician. Uh, I I bet you, when people come to you and they're like, "Hey, I have these lyrics. Can you put music to <laughs> all, it all the time?" Yeah. Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. So it was. I mean, I was new to this. Yeah. And so a friend came and was like, "I have this these lyrics. Can you put music to it? Because I don't know anything." So. I put music to it and it was Despierta Mi Fe, which eventually became wow. the Signa song, right? Okay. So one of them was Despierta Mi Fe and the other one was, it was called Cuerpo en el Calvario. Yeah. So anyways, we played these two songs and they, they had two categories in the contest. Was yeah. what, one was acoustic and the other one was electric. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. So basically one meant... Um, almost like singer-songwriter yeah. and the other one meant... Like a full-on like full band, band, right? Okay. So on the acoustic, 
I played Despierta Mi Fe, and okay. we made it to the final with nice. uh, Despierta Mi Fe. Yeah. But then in the other one, we also made it to the final okay. with the, the band electric, yeah. with the band one, which was called Cuerpo en el Calvario. was like totally like about, you know, Jesus dying <laughs> on a cross and things like that. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's literally what it means. Like right. Cuerpo is like body, body in Calvary. At the, yeah, in Calvary. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, but I remember asking my friend Chocho yeah. from the music school, because he was going to that same music school. And I said, hey, there's this contest at my school. You want to, maybe we can get together and put together a band and right. go play. So it was Chocho, uh, my friend Jabo, and me. Right. And then I think my friend Jano. Uh, so, yeah, there was maybe four or five of us. Because yeah. back in the days, it was like, you know, everybody, every friend you had is like, you can be part of my you band. You can be part of my band. <laughs> right? I don't know how to play. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, just, just put come something, be part of my band. Yeah. Uh, I have the lyrics. I have the yeah. song. You know, just do this. Just do this, right? yeah. So anyways, the interesting thing is Jabo ended up becoming like one of the best drummers in Mexico. Yeah. Right. And yeah. he played for um, it's a big deal. Yeah. He played in the band. And I think at that, at that point we named it historias dedicadas dedicated and eventually stories, yes. dedicated stories. Yeah. And then eventually we changed the name to Signa. Uh, but yeah, that was the lineup. Like my friend Carlos, who became a missionary in Michigan. Nice. Yeah. Then Jabo Munoz, who now tours the world with all kinds of bands from Mexico. Yeah. And my friend Hano, who was like a rapper type of uh, nice. singing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we were all over the map when it Shout came. Shout out like, to Hano. Shout yes. out to Hano. <laughs> and then me in the guitar and singing. Yeah. So that's that's where we started. Like, let's form a band to write songs. And, and there's a contest. So why not right. join the contest? Then, you know? Yeah. So I guess the contest was part of the, you know, like, why the whole thing of putting together a band started right did you guys actually win that contest any of them no that's a funny thing like we <laughs> made it to the finals on both yeah but we were second and this is so interesting because we were second place yeah right in, in both okay. categories okay right so i think this is a good tidbit for people that you know are into either music or you not know, being part of a contest because i think it can feel really disappointed when when you make it to the, I mean, like Chivas, you know, I think this yeah. is maybe in title. You want to like, be champions. You want to be Yeah, you want to be champions. Yeah, you so want to win. Yeah. Making all the effort to get there and be in second place. Yeah. It never feels as good. No. Right? No. But I remember, and this is like so vividly remember, like coming down from the stage and my dad saying, I know you didn't win the first place. He's like, ah, I don't want to cry, man. Yeah. He said, but in my mind, you are already first place. That's awesome, it's like man. you are my first place. That's awesome. You won first place for me. That's it was awesome. so good, man. I was yeah. like, ah, that's, that's my dad. And that's what dads need to do yeah. for their kids. You know, yeah. the way you encourage Joseph, that's 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 what a dad is. Yeah. Like, hey, you're first, period. In my heart, <laughs> you're always in. And so it's so funny. And that makes me feel sentimental, too, because my dad in my musical journey, which this podcast is not about me. It's about my friend Beto. But in my musical journey, my dad's never told me, hey, don't be a musician. Wow. My dad's never told me, hey, you keep your head like he's never told me keep your head out of the clouds. And like he's he's never told me to, you should probably shouldn't do that. Get like a real job. He's never told me that. He's always been like, okay, if that's what you want to do and if that's what <laughs> makes you happy, he's like, the only thing he's told wow. me is like, well, chale ganas. Like yeah. do the best you can. Wow. You know? And so when you have a dad that's like, hey, good job. You know, yeah. I, I feel that because it's like my, my parents never told me, hey, don't waste your time with that. My parents are always like, hey, 
I love you regardless. <laughs> you know? So to hear that, wow. that is very sentimental, man. That is very yeah. sentimental because parents have this huge impact yeah. on, on their kids' lives. Like, that's something that at how old are you now, Beto? You just turned I'm 42. You've never forgotten that. And yeah. this was what, like 20 years yeah, ago? That more this than happened? 20. Yeah, like 20 something years 20 ago. 20 years ago. And you'll never forget this. You'll never forget it, you know? So, yeah. dads out there, please tell your kids all the time how much you love them, how much they mean to you, and how yes. proud you are of them and encourage them, even if they want to be, I don't know, what's something that's not as cool as being a musician? <laughs> yeah. if they I think be being a musician, <laughs> that's going to be one of the top categories. Yeah. Musicians and actors. Actors. Anything right? artistic really is pretty cool unless your kid wants yeah. to be like, I don't know, an architect. <laughs> like know. the Simpsons, uh, what was that? Bart always wanted to be a truck driver. Remember? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> With the like the demolition ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then so. uh, I just remember Homer always wanted to own the Dallas Cowboys. That was like, oh, really? yeah, he wanted to own the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> That's funny. And I think his brother, because there's an episode where his brother became rich, you know, and he's like, oh, oh yeah. I, I couldn't buy you the Cowboys, but I bought you, I forget which team it was. I think he might have bought him the Pittsburgh Steelers or something uh, like that. That's funny. But it's like Homer became a, an owner of a football team. But anyways. Wow. That's no, that's cool. awesome, dude. That's awesome that your dad told you that. And that I'm sure served as like, cool, this is encouragement. Like, yeah, let's keep uh, this uh, going. What's funny, man, it's... That was that one time, but at some point he did, and this is later on, you know, like, I don't know, five years later or yeah. something. And this, I think this is at the point before I started my family, you know, and, and you know, got married and stuff like that. But right on the verge of, you know, like pursuing still music and things like that, mm -hmm. I remember he called me from Mexico mm -hmm. and he said something along the lines of like, like, almost like the opposite, like, hey. Yeah you you got to do something about your life you know like you got to do something <laughs> right, that like, right. produces some income and income, sets you right. up and yeah. things like that yeah you know so uh and no actually we were walking he was here he came okay. to visit yeah. and we were walking and that was it's so interesting because I, I feel like th at the same time that dads can be you know like can help you out and and yeah. you know push you into like you know thriving and things like that uh, that was a downer but at the same time, I I see it with so much respect. Like right. when I look back at that moment when he was almost like, like you got to do something else, right? He didn't yeah. necessarily say, like, man, do something else. But he was looking out for you. He's like, hey, yeah, you got to think about like, the future. You know? Yes. Yeah. So so I appreciate that too. You know, even yeah. though in, in its time it felt like like you know like downing or whatever, you no, know? right. like putting down in a sense, right? Yeah. Um, but he also said the other stuff, right? So I think now as a dad, I think I just see like the intricate, the intricacies of being a, a parent, you know, that right. you want the best for your kid. And sometimes the best is almost like giving them some advice and saying, oh, maybe it's not, maybe it's not. This is not, might not be the path for you. you yeah. Know? This might not be the path for you. Right. And <laughs> right. even though it might hurt right. a little right. bit. Yeah. Right. I think, of course. I think I appreciate him saying that too. Yeah. You know, it's um, being a dad. Yeah, just being a dad. You gotta be a dad, you uh, know. So I, I just wanted to say that because I'm sure there's gonna be dads out there that, you know, might feel like, oh, if I if I ever didn't say that, now I'm yeah. a failure. And I feel like, no, man. Like, there's once you're a dad, everything changes, man. It's like right. there's so much grace because we we screw up all the time. You right. Know, you're so. you're trying to figure it out as you go. You know, yes. there is no handbook. Yes. You know, you're just 
trying to follow the example maybe your dad had on you or a parental figure had on you. Yeah. You know, and then you mix that with, hey, Jesus, he's the ultimate father. And you're trying to like, okay, how can I yeah. be this dad and also be this dad that Jesus is, you know, and or wants me to be. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome, dude. And so that's how it starts. Tell me about Cigna USA. <laughs> Cigna, Cigna USA. Because Cigna, wow. Cigna, Cigna USA, and then that's how I met you. And uh, and I'll tell the, a quick story. So I, I was in this band. I was playing in this band. And uh, it was the whole, I want to say around 2008, 9, 10. There was this big church scene, if you remember, of mm-hmm. all these bands, Christian bands that were playing in, in churches. And we'll get to this conversation because I think it's a really important conversation to have. Um, so at this point, it's my first actual band that I'm in, like a real band, and I'm I'm playing with people, and then all of a sudden I hear about this band named Signa, and what struck me about Signa, and I call it Signa USA because you were here in the USA, yes. but what struck me about Signa, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you guys sounded way different from every other band that was playing here, and I think a lot of it had to do with, number one, most of the bands that were playing here, most of them were... Uh, Mexican-American kids were Chicano kids, you know, first generation American kids, uh, but with Mexican families. And you were you and Chocho were just straight up from Mexico, you know, as immigrants yeah. to this country. But also you guys had a very, I'm going to put it like this, not churchy sound. Mm. I think all the bands at that time had a very churchy sound. And I, but I mean by churchy is like we, it's like we followed the blueprint that like, Hillsong and before Hillsong, a U2 left. It's like we're trying to follow like this very kind of spiritual like uh, blueprint. Whereas Signa, the first thing I thought of was like, oh, that's like rock in Espanol. That's the first thing I thought of in my head when I first heard Signa. So tell me about Signa here in the USA because eventually you came here to this country. Uh, When you were here, you were riding, you went back to Mexico and then you came back. Tell me about Signa USA. Yeah. So Signa USA, basically um, 2004, we came to. To perform at this very building right, right here, right they here. had a, a thing for for the youth yes. called Enjipa, which was like a youth gathering for. It was a church thing. Yeah, I remember a church yeah. gathering, and the the band that played before that year, yeah, um, or before we played the year before, right? So in two thousand, so we played in two thousand four. So the other band played in two thousand three, and it was La Banda de Edgar Lira. Oh Which, yeah! Right, shout out, uh, shout out to Edgar Lira. So he ended up becoming. You know, for people that don't know, he ended up becoming a pastor in Central in Las Vegas. Nice and super. I mean, it's, I love the ministry that right. they're doing, yeah. and he's still a pastor there. That he still plays music. Yeah. And he was one of the first like rock guys that I remember in yeah. Spanish. Yes, because if you remember rock, <clears throat> and I guess we can get into the church here in America, the Hispanic yeah. church here in America. But rock was kind of like not a like it was almost kind of like frowned upon. Like yeah, and 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 the and the Spanish church here in America, like no rock, what? No, that, you know, wow. the only people that I knew that kind of played that music was one Edgar Lira, and the other one was Rojo Manuel Espinosa. Oh yeah, and but I didn't really listen to music in spanish because i all just liked english music but those were the yeah. only two guys that i'm like oh those guys are actually trying to play rock in spanish and kind of be creative with it but anyways yes so, yeah yeah so edgar lira played before us yeah. and then we came with historias dedicadas okay and we played here and then i mean this this i'm not going to go into the details of you know becoming a uh Illegal immigrant, <laughs> right? You, that's all you need to know. About yeah, that. that's all you need to know, and whatever you know, that's that's a different story, a different process. And I talk about 
that all the time in my show. I'm always talking to people and saying, right. you know, I've been here 18 years, right. 19 years. I don't know, even know how many years I've been here. Uh, but that was the year I came and we played at Enjipa. I went back to Mexico and then with my friend Cabo. Yeah. Uh, we said, man, like, should we try it and pursue music and go back to the U.S.? And at that point, you know, this guy from, from the church where we played, He's like, maybe I can get you some gigs, you know, and play at churches. And we're just thinking, okay, we'll play a few gigs. We'll make money. Right, we'll right. make a living. That's that's right. how it is, right? right yeah. We had no idea. Yeah. And we end up coming here uh, that same year, I think, or no, the, the following year, 2005. Yeah. We try same thing. You know, we start playing at a few churches. We, we try a few contests, like musical contests. And... Um, my friend Havo, his parents came and they're like, you know, I, I don't think your music journey is it's happening. Go back to Mexico. He went back to Mexico. <laughs> right, yeah. He blew up. You know, he started yeah, playing he for like all these bands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he played for like su the, his first one of his first bands was Susi Cuatro, which right. was like a EDM, not EDM, but like uh, electronic, electronic type, yeah. type of music and super popular. They travel all over the world and stuff. And and I and <laughs> no, in 2005, that's when I got stuck here in the U.S. Right. And I'm like, okay, you know, pursue the dream. And this is, this is, I think this related to presence because one of the hardest lessons I had to learn was, you know, like Havo in my mind was like, we're going to be in a band together, like for the rest of our lives. I thought right. of Havo, like we're going to be the next U2 or whatever, whichever right. band, right? right? But yeah. like those bands that stick together making to the it. end. Yeah. Making it. Right. Making it. And that that's going to be us like the rolling I, the, stones yes <laughs> but also that that sense yeah. of like camaraderie like you yeah. think of like he's going to be my buddy and yeah you guys were like uh, brothers yeah because i mean we grew up together yeah. and um you know, going to church together going to events together family things together so all of those and so he was i mean he was at my wedding here yeah in, no in 2008 so anyways uh like breaking not breaking apart that, but, you know, like realizing like, wow, he's now in Mexico. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's living a different life. Yeah. So learning to let go of that and starting something new. Yeah. And in whatever area of your life, you know, but in specifically in music. Yeah. That was really hard to do. Yeah. And, but at the same time, I'm like, I mean, I love music. So what, what should I do now? You know, so that's when <laughs> I started playing with Signa here and just finding musicians, you know, finding musicians in church. Finding musicians. I mean, our our good friend Paul Drusty came yeah. out of a Shout out to Paul. add on Craigslist, <laughs> right? And <laughs> and I kind of put you know, we're looking for a drummer. Our influences are Switchfoot, and you know, kind of try to give hints of like we're, right. we're technically a Christian band, right? Yeah. Uh, not by sound, but by you no know, by mission, ideology, I ideology guess. and yeah. mission. I would say. Yeah. And he replied, you know, our friend Paul Drusty. He replied to the ad and it's like. Yeah, I mean, it was so intense because he said, you know, I would love to try out for your band. I played for Jeremy Camp, for Phil Wickham right, and yeah. all these bands. I'm like, I, I even felt like, are you serious? And you want to <laughs> play with me? <laughs> like, you might be overqualified for this. <laughs> yeah, I think you're overqualified. But I mean, he came and he played yeah. the songs. I'm like, you're good, man. One of the <laughs> nicest guys. Yes. What, uh, uh, Paul, Paul Drosty is a sweetheart of a guy. Shout yes. out to Paul because I know he's going to be listening to this. Dude, we love you. Uh, been spending a lot of time with him recently. So good, uh, but sweetheart of a guy. Yes, Not, you know. Yeah, and, and and he's played with some 
pretty big yeah. people, you know. Yeah, big names. Yeah. And so he was one of the first, you know, people that kind of like sign up for Signa. Right. Then eventually, you know, I mean, I never thought Signa was going to be the band with like, <laughs> you know, people changing all the time. Yeah, lineups. Uh, lineups changing. But it was, you know, and it's, it's the funny thing, you know, you see people came in the band and then they're playing for Rojo, right? Like right. Abraham yeah. was like later on. I mean, he Shout played out to drums, Abraham. right? Yeah. Like all these people, I was like, it was kind of cool to see like, wow, yeah. like they're in a sense, they're making it, you know, but you right. could tell like that's their passion. Yeah. So that's kind of cool, you know, to see just people. I don't know. I, I don't think Signa was um, no, a springboard for them, mm -hmm. but it was... I think it was an opportunity to experience something new, right? Like yeah. maybe a different way of writing, a yeah. different way of expressing you know, the music itself. So all of that to say, you know, eventually led to the lineup that became kind of like Signa USA, which had more <laughs> of a signature, <laughs> signature sound yeah. Yeah. in that sense. Like we okay, made it our own, yeah. right? When it was Abel, it was Paul Drusty, it was you on the bass, and it was me. And I think we had some chemistry that it, be it became almost like unique sound like you yes. you everybody added yeah a little bit of their you know signature sound to make one signature sound or wholesome right. thing and that was really exciting man that those were like probably yeah. the most exciting times of yeah of the creative side of signa yes right because before yeah. that it was i mean it was always fun and it was always you know but you were the driving songs yeah yeah and But all that to say, I think also at the same time, I mean, this may be a different topic, but I think I, I was never a band leader, you know? So I think that was... A front man? <laughs> a front man, but, but no, but I mean it like a band leader, like mm. leading the band. Yeah. Uh, even though I was, yeah. I feel like now when I look back, I feel like I, uh, I didn't see myself in that level of authority in that sense. So... I think that was a little bit detrimental in the terms of like the longevity of the band. I feel mm. like if I would have been a leader, I would have said, hey, we toughen up, we man up, we, no, we continue to do this. Let's, right, let's right. try it. Let's find a difference. You no, know, when, when <laughs> our place we had for practicing yeah. was kind of removed, you know, I mean, it was a downer for everybody. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like I, as a leader, I didn't have like, let's find somewhere else, right? Let's keep doing this like if because right. i i feel like nowadays when i look back i'm like we're all passionate about music yeah you know and i mean it's i think it's all works out for the best you know because i know everybody went on their own journey and yeah that's okay uh but at the same time i feel like if i was really gonna pursue music and uh, i mean that's a whole topic man yeah. I, i guess i'm already in it yeah, but yeah. um it's it's so intense music is so intense yeah If you're gonna pursue it, it's gonna take all of you, all of you. Yes, and I, th and I think, and not to cut you off, but I think that's one of the most important things that people don't realize. Like n now, I see myself, and now that I'm, I'm, I'm basically this full time musician, I see how much it takes to do that. And so when people are like, "Oh, I want to pursue music," and I'm like. Well, you're going to eventually find out how much you really want to pursue yes. music because it will test you, oh, you yeah. know, it will test you. It will test. And, and like, for me, like when, like seeing you guys, like you guys, when I joined, 
you guys you and by you guys i mean you and 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 chocho because i still got to play with him carlos and and abel and paul you guys had families like you i was married but you guys had like kids the 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 priorities are way different so it's like hey i'm trying to make it but i also gotta feed my kids you know i also gotta be there for my for my for my wife you know like how is that dude because it's like when i came in i'm like oh okay you know, and we took Cigna seriously because, and I think yeah. a lot of it had to do with that. It's like, okay, well, we can't waste time. Like, these guys got to get home. Yeah. You know, these guys still got to go to work tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, there yeah. was there was never this element of like, oh, we're just here to 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 just mess around. Like, we're like, no, we're going to rehearse. Let's write songs. Let's work on the set list. Let's do this. You know, we were always there and took it serious. Yes. That's so interesting, man, because I, I feel, I honestly feel like we were like one song away or something from from breaking you know, it yeah breaking it right yeah. or blowing or like yeah. making it to the next level no i agree and, i agree and i think that's good and bad man like I, I don't know necessarily how to feel about that because <laughs> when no I, I mentioned presence and i think what i've witnessed from from other musicians who've made it yeah right is like it's going to be super hard to have a family yeah. and be a full-time musician. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like minimal, the amount of bands that, yeah. that live both of those yeah. faithfully yeah. and in a wholesome way, they're minimal, you know? Yeah. So I think, I honestly think it was a God thing that we never blew up in that sense, mm. you know? Because now when I look at my family and I look at my kids... And even even though I mean I'm not saying you know, I'm the perfect dad or whatever, right? But but one thing like I think nobody can take away from me is I've given time to my family and my kids, you know. Wow. And yeah. Things I've, for example, I saw the doc, I love Switchfoot, right? Like right. I, you guys, everybody yeah. that knows me knows I love super Switchfoot. Fan. You're super, super fan. Super fan. Yeah. And one time I was watching a documentary that mm. they had. I think it was the called fade to west or fading west Mm -hmm. so it's a whole documentary where they travel the world and (laughs) in search for songs so that they can write an album so it was so interesting because it's it's basically a documentary on writing an album that they haven't written it was so interesting so anyways in that documentary they talk i mean this a band that made it right yeah they make money they're sustainable they're sustainable and they're talking about like the their mission and the things they missed because of the music journey and one of them you know the the john and and his brother team are are mm-hmm. are brothers right ever since they started the band and one of them is crying or uh, team is talking to john and and he's bawling he's saying i miss my <laughs> the birth of my child wow. because i was in new york at some show yeah you know, and I mean, this is their li- their living, right? I mean, yeah. it's not they like they have to do it, to right? Make money. They have yeah. to do it, and but to think of those opportunities, I'm like, I I didn't miss any of those. You know, I was wow. there for yeah. for my kids' birth. Like I saw all my three kids, you know, coming out of the womb. Yeah, and it's pretty impactful, you know, and and just being, you know, taking my kids to school, yeah. things like that, where. It's like, you no, know, at one time I was hearing another musician who said, and I don't know what band he was in, but he said, you know, I traveled the world, all of that. And at some point, you know, before getting married, his wife said, you, you need to make a decision if you're going to continue this 
or you're going to be with your family because it's wow. it's not going to yeah. work yeah. if you continue to travel the way you do and things yeah. like that. And even his friend saying, like, he came back home to his little girl and his little girl saying, like, um, like thank you, daddy, for visiting us. Wow. I'll see you, and I'll see you in a month or whatever, gut, right? Yeah. So like, like yeah. what? My kid doesn't doesn't think I live in my house. house. He thinks I'm just some I'm random visitor. visitor. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, not not to diminish like whatever they're doing, you know, and the influence that but these bands have. Existence. Right. It's a hard life. Yeah. It's a hard life. So I think, I think you know, God placed me in a situation where, I think the priority. And I mean, I think it's God, right? And some other people might say, no, you chose that. You know, you chose your family and your, your priority. So maybe, I mean, but but I think in a sense, it was also like God's, because I always wonder, like, we're making good songs. We're yeah. writing good stuff. Yeah, no, I thought we're, the same thing. <laughs> we're kind of like knocking some pretty big doors. Yeah, and yeah. some of those were opening, right? Yeah. So I was like, why didn't like more opportunities come or things right. like that? Like, is it you, God? And I think... Honestly, like now when I look back, it's like, yes, it was me, <laughs> yeah, right? Like yeah. it's, uh, I wanted you to be present with your kids yeah. and to you know, come back like, like full circle. Uh, now that my, you know, my kids are experimenting with music, like my little girl, like Melody, she sings, man, like she belts out and yeah. it brings me back like these memories when I was a little kid and like yeah. singing these songs. And I'm like, wow, now I, I could be their music producer and things like that, right? Like I, yeah. I could... Like I have all this experience, all this knowledge yeah. now that I can invest in my kids. But at the same time, I also have this awareness of of the music life and the music journey. And I'm like, I can help my kids. Like if they really want to pursue this, I can be like their biggest mentor in helping them, you know, be savvy, not savvy, but like be wise yeah. about how they go about it, right? In, right. In a way that they if they ever have a family, which I hope they do, yeah, that they're they're not gonna sacrifice, you know, their family on the altar of like I'm I'm singing songs for right, the world or right. whatever, right? Yeah. So things like that where I, I'm like, wow, this is probably gonna have some repercussions in in my family's yeah, no, journey, absolutely, right? in my kids. Because I I thought the same thing. I thought Signa had a lot of traction, and which it segues way. It segues into this because when I joined the band, Signa was playing secular venues. And this is one of the biggest um, differences between Signa and some of the other bands that were playing. Most of the other bands were like, we're playing churches, we're playing like these youth events, we're playing like these concerts. But Signa was purposely like, we're going to play venues, you know, because... Signa got to open up for Jimena Sarañana. You know, Signa got to open up for Jarava de Palo. Signa got to open up for Babasonicos. You know, all these shows that we played. Uh, Signa got to play at the Roxy, at the House of Blues in Anaheim, and in, in, in L.A., at the Whiskey A Go-Go, at the, the Observatory, you know. Like, uh, we got to do the whole Super Estrella thing. You oh, know? yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and, and, you know, and it's and I'm not dropping these things like, oh, look at us. But it was one of those things where, like, okay... I'm joining this band and it's like a purposeful, like we're not playing churches, you know, it's like we're playing these venues and it almost seemed at one point that we were, not, we were like, okay, we're like a band band. Not that we're trying mm. to strip away our Christianity because I think we were always very open about it, our faith. 
But I think we almost at one point wanted to let go of like Christian rock because it's like we're just a Latin rock band that mm -hmm. happens to be Christian. How was that for you? Because to me coming in, and you said earlier today, like I didn't think it was a springboard. No, I do think Signa was a springboard because it was a springboard for me. To me, mm -hmm. Signa was like not just a springboard, but it was my continuation in my like musical journey forming was like Signa because it was my first time playing at a venue that wasn't at a church <laughs> you know that mm. it was a playing at a venue where the people there like they didn't go to church they were people who were like promoters and like tickets had to be sold you know and like we're putting on a show yeah so it's like how was that for you when those doors started opening yeah that's good man Oof. Uh, i think it's tied to that you know growing up in mexico as a no <laughs> as a minority when it comes to your faith <laughs> yeah uh because I, you know, I grew up listening, for example, like Mana, you know, was a big thing when I was in junior high. Like yeah. I remember, and even like since sixth grade in elementary, I remember like getting out of school and then going with my friends with Walkmans yeah. <laughs> and then listening to like, hey, I got this cassette tape. Google Walkman, kids. Google yeah, Walkman. <laughs> Google what is like Walkman. <laughs> uh, and putting the cassette tape and like listening to Mana, right? Yeah. And no, Echale Vampiro and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think, th I think there is a place, a healthy place for like balancing, you know, like secular music and things like that. Yeah. Because I did went through a journey of like, I don't think this music is necessarily good for my soul because mm -hmm. I've always been like very lyrically oriented, you know, yes. maybe that's, yeah. that's why you said, you know, yeah. your songwriting and your, yeah. like the things you were talking about. And, but at the same time, I feel like I, I didn't grow up necessarily with that. Um, like music needs, like if it's going to be music with a message yeah. for Christ, it needs to sound a certain way right. or it can only be played at certain points. Places, places yeah right because i remember like the first the church i grew up in that i i've told you about um i remember we had kind of like a a coffee night they call it like a cafe yeah cafe cantante like an open mic night open yeah. mic night yeah, yes yeah. where you would come and sing songs that you, maybe you wrote or right. that you wanted to sing and perform yeah and i remember we just sang songs you know it didn't matter if they were christian or not and mm -hmm. maybe we did like sing one or two like like anthems or no hymns and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but it was just songs. Yeah. Right. So, and that was at a church. Yeah. So I think I, I always grew up with that, a little bit of that, uh, a song is a song. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, what it's about or where it can be played. So when we started playing those venues, it was so interesting because it, it was almost like there was a sense of like, this is, Kind of like what I said with my wife, Millie, you know, like she grew up Catholic yeah, and God was doing something in her life. So I feel like God is doing something in everybody's life all the time, yeah. you know, so to be able to play at a venue, I think where, where people would come and maybe enjoy a drink and things like yeah. that. Yeah. And they're there for a show. Yeah. I'm like, if you go deeply into why people are there, they're not there just for the show. Yeah. I think they're there for like the things we've talked about, like the nostalgia, like the presence. Yeah. You know, they, they're there for you know, to enjoy the presence of another, yeah. to enjoy yeah. music. And yeah. music is a very spiritual, I think it's one of the most spiritual. It's almost like a it's it's a 
tangible a spiritual experience. Yes. Uh, as humans, right? Because yes. I mean, you you don't see music, but you feel it. Yeah. It hits you. you. It hits you. Yeah, it, hits moves you it moves you, right? Yeah. So yeah. to me, that's that's all the spiritual realm. Yes. Um, so to be able to play it at, at a venue where people are there, maybe unintentionally with their own purposes, and to come and say, "Here's here's a song. Here's our here's our show." Yeah. We hope it brings you something more than what you were coming here right. for. Yeah. And I think that's what we we experience again and again when we play those type of shows, you know, right. people like come in at the end of the show and saying, you guys, you guys have something different or you guys <laughs> yeah, sang about I light. Yeah. I remember Or that. you yeah. sang about God, the kingdom, and, right. Or the El kingdom Reino, and things think, like that. Yeah. You guys have something different. And I, I think now when I look back, I'm like, um, I think we could have been a little bit more intentional. Yes. I right. Think, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like we were in, in, it's almost like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Right. Right. So we right. were, we were singing in the level of revelation that we knew about yes. about yeah. Christ and Jesus, specifically me, right? Because I'm the yeah. the singer yeah. songwriter or the songwriter of the band. Um, but nonetheless, it it always felt like we're there with that purpose. You know, people are there for a show, right? But maybe really unintentionally, they're there for for an experience like an encounter bigger than that right and and i yeah. think that's that's what our music did yeah. in that sense like oh like playing for jarabe de palo and even when he came and said something like you know like give it up for the like band data was the other band that oh, played yeah, yeah. insignia i mm. mean just that and even though we didn't really get to hang out with them and things yeah. like that it's like wow he's He's listening, you know, like he, he's acknowledging. He's yeah. acknowledging, and you wonder. I mean, he he passed, right? Yeah, uh, he passed. Yeah, not that long. Paulo, what's his name? Yeah. Paulo. And so to think, maybe you impacted him, and you you don't even know. Right. 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 And yeah. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he, he's maybe enjoying eternity with because of something with Jesus, right? Because of lyrics, something, something that you helped him with, or something yeah. like that, right? So I I always thought it was interesting. Like you said, people would come up and be like. Yes, you're a Christian. And it's like people would like, it astonished me for two things. One, they were listening to the lyrics. <laughs> I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. wow, they're actually listening to the lyrics. And two, it spoke about the creativity and the God-given talent behind those songs. Like, even though it wasn't a traditional quote-unquote worship, mm -hmm. it was still worship, you know? Um, yeah. I, I remember hearing... I'm a, I'm a big Torre Fuerte guy. If you guys don't know Torre nice. Fuerte, look yeah, look them yeah. up. They're they're like these crazy jazz guys, and they yeah. they used to play for Luis Miguel. And you know, long story short, they, they you know converted to Christianity, formed Torre Fuerte. And I remember they had this really popular video from the early '90s. If you probably saw them, they're wearing like little blue suits, but it was like yeah. everywhere, and they're giving this concert. Anyways, at the beginning of the video, they're talking. They were very controversial because they were playing music that wasn't quote-unquote worship. It wasn't like mm. Marcos Wheat, you know? Like Marcos mm. Wheat was like, lift up your hands and let's worship together. Congregational yeah. corporate worship. These guys were basically putting on a show. Like, these guys were, yeah. like, taking drum solos and guitar solos, and, and their music was all like, you know, it's like if you went to go see, you know, Chick Corea or something like that. Um, look up who Chick Corea is. Um, but I remember they, he was talking about, like, because they asked him, is your music worship? And, and I'm paraphrasing, so, you know, it's... 
check it out. But he was just like, it is, but it's not the type of worship like Amargo's Wheat. It's not for the edification of the church, but it's for the, like, it's for evangelistic purposes. Mm. That's what our worship is. Wow. So our, 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 our worship team is not for the edification of the building, of the corporate worship setting. That's not what we're there for. We're there to present Jesus in this missionary way, basically. Yeah. So like a Marcos Wheat or some or a Hill Song or whoever you like that leads worship, they're for the edification of that building, that church right there. You know, yes. the people there raising up their hands and Torre Fuerte was missional. And so I saw Signa very much like that. That mm-hmm. always stuck with me. And when I was with Signa, I'm like, okay, this is what we are. Yeah. We're not your quote unquote worship team, but we are because we're here to be missionaries in these places. And we got to meet some people that would open up to us and tell us a little bit about their stories. Mm. Like in some of these places where people were literally like, and we were even around people who didn't believe, like didn't believe in like, you know, we were, we were befriending people who we'd see them and be like, Hey man, what's up? And then like on their social media, they're just blasting Jesus and complete (laughs) atheist and a complete atheist. But when they would see us to be like, Hey, what's up? How's it going? Yeah. You know, great band. You guys sound great. You know? So I always thought I'm like, wow, this is pretty amazing because we're like going into these places that most people would be like, why are you guys even there? Why are you guys even playing to that crowd? Yeah. So much so that you said you used to listen to Mana, so much so that we got the Vampiro himself yeah. <laughs> to produce one of our EPs. You that's know? true. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, I think that's right. Like Vampiro is a legendary guitarist and he produced like the four song EP that we did. Yeah. Uh, that was so good. And um, yeah, like when I think back at that, I mean, Vampiro probably, I don't know, I don't think he was atheist, but he was maybe like Buddhist or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, like Asian, not Asian, but like Eastern. Maybe like relig- New Age or something. New like Age or eastern religion type of thing. But to be able to come to him and say, would you produce our, no, our four song EP and the impact, I think we had some impact in his life, you know, yeah. like, uh, like I, I could... I could see it. Maybe he didn't say, oh, yeah, no, I'm accepting Christ as my savior, <laughs> things like that. Uh, but I could tell, I could tell like he resonated with a bunch of stuff like we when we talked and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And I mean, we we come from the same town yeah. in Guadalajara. We went to the, the same, same school, school same things school, like yeah. that. Uh, it was so interesting. And we resonated so much with, with I think we're just humans, right? Trying to experience life. And it's not like as a Christian, like oh man, I gotta, I gotta hold on, on the truth. Even though I, I mean, Jesus is said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, mm-hmm. right? So I think, I think that's the tricky part. Like, how do you, if you think, if you believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, yeah, that's, that's pretty solid ground right there. I, I think there's no there's no room for something else mm. right it's almost yeah. like jesus is saying not not necessarily right <laughs> but technically it's almost like jesus saying no if jesus is the way then like buddha is not the way or no whomever else is he's not, the only way that's he's the only way yeah, jesus and he's the truth and he's the life right so to me it's always been like what does that mean what's the what does no i am the truth i am the life i it's am a the bold way statement it's, it's a, a very, bold statement. It's so what does that statement. mean yeah. in my life? Mm. And then how can I say that to other people in a way that 
that understands their journey, yeah. right? That understands that maybe for them, Jesus is not the way. Jesus is not the truth. Right. Jesus is not the, the life. And yeah. maybe these other things are, yeah. right? And, and I think that's where music, it's so universal in that sense, right? And, and, and the way you can talk about things through songs and lyrically, you can, I mean, it was, what's the guy from uh, Smashing Pumpkins? Um, Billy Corgan? Billy Corgan. Like, yeah. uh, it's that, I remember that so almost like that uh, interview that he did, like they were asking him, like, what do you think is the next thing that that people need to talk about in music, he right? He said and, God or something. And right? he yeah. said, I think the big unexplored is God, <laughs> right? And that's so cool because, I mean, that, that opens us up to to songs and i think this this didn't really happen in mexico this happens a little bit more here in america maybe it's opening up in mexico but that like can we explore talking about god through mm. songs wow right maybe you two did that a little bit i think yeah. you no know, they did it kind of like not in your face right but they were talking about like big questions like yeah is there a god like I'm, i i haven't found what i'm looking for right right so they had these big questions and like almost like <laughs> metaphysical questions or right. you know big god questions or the purpose of life mm -hmm. type of questions so i think when you talk about those i think people resonate with those because it's just so those are questions you have as a human like where do we come from right. as humans right and right and is, is there a god like yeah it's so funny man because when it comes to god i feel like You cannot avoid it. As a human, mm. you either got to say, I believe, I don't believe, I'm an atheist. But you got you to gotta acknowledge where you stand you in regards to, to that. Yeah. And I think that's just a human thing, right? Right. The, the fact that you got to say, I, I don't believe in, in a God. Yeah. Okay, but you got you to gotta say that. Right. <laughs> right? It's like you got like you to convince yourself almost. Yeah, and this in in like this weird way, like okay, there is no God, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's this yeah, it's this weird like line, and again, being in these places where we were playing at, you could see that there is this struggle of spirituality. I wouldn't yes. say spirituality because I think people are spiritual. There's people who are spiritual even though they don't believe in God. There's some sort of spiritual thing that they believe in, yes. but I think there's this wrestling inside of people who are like to wrestle with the person of Jesus, who wrestle with the gospel, who wrestle with, you know, what Jesus said, what, what Jesus was about, you know, and, and a lot of the songs that we would, that you would write and that, that we would play were songs that talked about the kingdom songs that talked about, um, uh, you know, uh, eternal life, you know, we're not temporary, <laughs> you know, oh, like, yeah. you know, one of the songs temporales, you know, We're, yeah. we're not people we're not temporary you know nothing lasts you know type of thing you know uh bands don't last you know type of thing yes uh, <laughs> you know and people are like but you know what do you you know and it's like people were trying to decipher all these lyrics but it's like but very on the surface and it's like well no what beto's saying is very over the surface because it has a very biblical connotation to it you know yeah so i always thought that's so good i, I always thought that was interesting man and Kind of as we wind down here, this this podcast, and, and it's been awesome to talk to you, dude. Um, these last few years, you know, you've we've you've transitioned from Signa into another passion of yours, which has been podcasting, and uh, you started the Christian podcast, um, and then you have the Christian podcast in Espanol, which at the end of this podcast, we'll tell you guys where to plug in, 
And then now I come into play with this with with the one five six four six four, and we're part of this Christian podcast network. Tell me about that journey, man. About that love for podcasting. Where with you know, it's like okay, maybe this is somewhere where God's telling me to go. Yeah, because you know? you've had some pretty awesome guests on your podcast. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, it, podcast to me it equates media, so I think it's just a transition from broadcast like an analog word that we had in the last century and the last millennium. Well, really the last century when you know, TV and radio started because yeah. those were analog signals yeah. that were broadcasted. Radio waves, right? yeah. And I think when the iPod came in, like in the early 2000s, um, there was this journalist, and I don't know his name, and I don't really know like the story that well other than there was a journalist that is like, Wow! Now you can you can watch things on an iPod, mm -hmm. and I'm saying iPod. Okay, research it. There's a thing <laughs> called iPod. I'm not no like I, I had to think about that for a second. Oh yeah, that's right. old it's now. It's not that's an iPad. Old. Yeah, that's considered <laughs> it's an iPod. iPod. Uh, Pod. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Pod. And uh, this journalist was saying, "What are we gonna call this meet this type of media? Are we gonna call it like a, a, a podcast, right?" And then the word stuck. But I think most people were thinking of a podcast as maybe like the evolution of radio. And I don't think it's like that. I think, I, I think the season we're in as humanity is we're really realizing that podcast means media for digital devices. Mm. Right. So yeah. I went to school for communications in Mexico and this is so interesting because I, I feel like I could have gone to like, no, like official school for no, music or even like sound engineering because th yeah. those were also on like my, like my scope of like what I wanted to pursue. But I ended up pursuing communications because ultimately I feel like to me, I, I've always been inclined to like art, yeah. music, video, yeah. Media, media, because yeah. all of that encompasses like all kinds of artistic you know, levels. Yeah. And... So anyways, I pursue communications and then what's so interesting is that I almost like was like in the very verge of like learning all the analog stuff and everything like when I was going to school, everything was becoming digital as I was going to school, mm. right? So for example, to think of a TV studio, right? It was like, man, you're going to have to spend like millions, millions of dollars, yeah. To, to have like a legit studio, right? And I think the season we're in now as humanity, I mean, like we have this thing called the <laughs> yeah. Roadcaster, which just started like three years ago. Nobody could figure out how to do like a podcast that was easy to do. Yeah. And these guys are like, why did we create a console that you can record into? Like now this is, this is like a yeah. no brainer, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll record a podcast into that. Yeah. Um, but all of that has happened like super quick. And all that to say, I feel like that passion of communications now translated to podcasting because podcasting is really like media or content creation mm. for digital devices. Yeah. And so basically, I, when I think of this space and what we're doing, uh, it's basically the evolution of, of media is the evolution of TV. Yeah. Right. So yeah. technically, this is a TV studio. Yeah. But you don't really call it a TV studio. You call it a podcast studio podcast or a recording studio or yeah. whatever. But what we're creating is media for right. devices, right? Yeah. Or content for devices. Yeah. 
Um, so that's where this whole journey started for me. Like, like I have a degree in communications. Uh, things are shifting. Yeah. And now, whereas, you know, 20 years ago, to think of having a studio like this would have been unthinkable, yep. right? It's only yep. like Televisa or TV Azteca or here, you no know, CNN or things like that. And yeah. not that this you know, equates to to those, uh, right, and like the building or whatever. Yeah. But, but I feel like it was almost like God tugging at my heart too and saying, well, this is your passion, right? Like I remember in Mexico, like driving this street in Guadalajara, which you said is the second biggest city in the, in in mexico and for people that don't know mexico is a country with like almost like half of the population of the u.s like 120 million people right so it's right. a huge country um uh, and guadalajara has like i don't know like 15 million people or something like that and i was driving down this busy street and there's a huge tall building kind of like la or mm. chicago or i think yeah. one of those you no know, like big skyscrapers. skyscraper yeah and i remember looking up and saying, wouldn't it be cool if like one of these buildings was like you could and back in the days, right? You you could have like a Christian radio station or right. a Christian TV station or yeah. something like that. And you know, people would come here and that was kind of like not not a dream, but it was more like a quick vision, like yeah. what if? Yeah, what if, yeah. And and I think fast forward to today, you know, I, I think, man, that's this place, this room right here. Yeah, we're and doing it right now. <laughs> we're doing it right now. And, and you know, I'm not saying, uh, I'm not, no. I feel like I've learned to not minimize the place you have and what you have and the, what's in your hands. Yeah. Right? So, you know, it's like the whole thing with Moses, like, you're going to deliver the Israelites from Egypt. Like, with what? Well, what's in your hand? It's like, well, I have a staff. Well, your staff in my hands, it's, it's all I need. Yeah. Right. And he goes and opens the sea and whatnot. Right. So yeah. all these miracles that happen. So I feel like this is, I see this place as like miracle territory, like where, where things like that can happen. Yeah. You no, know, like souls can be touched. Yeah. Right. And I think that's part of like this experience with the one, five, six, four and the Christian podcast and, you know, like, having the domain christianpodcast.com and all of that, it's like, wow, it's, it's almost like the beginning of that vision of like, what can media look like mm. for for the rest of humanity and mankind? Yeah. Because right? really that's that's what I think about when I think of Christian podcast. I think almost like, like the next TBN, right? Because TBN right. is like Trinity Broadcasting Network. I'm like, yeah. well, this is Christian podcast. I mean, that's it's like the Network. summary of that, like the yeah. evolution of that. CPN. And, <laughs> and and I think this could be not not. It's not my goal necessarily to get right. there. Yeah. But I feel like, in a sense, is like God is saying, okay, start with what you have. Yeah. And see what I can do. Mm. Right. So I'm like, okay. I trust you. This is what I have, and I'll, I trust you. And it can look like whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but all I know is the the purpose, you know, behind all of this is to me like Christian <laughs> not doesn't always point to Jesus. Like mm. I feel like Christianity wow. yeah. doesn't always point to Jesus. Yeah. But is the closest word that we have to do that. And like every dichotomy in life, there's always a balance, you know, between life and light, death and life, good and bad and like all those things. So I feel like that's why um, like Christian has that 
double connotation. For some people, it could be like the worst experience right. of their life. Yeah. For me, it has been like the best experience of my life. You know, like all going all the way to my childhood, like you've right. been, we've been talking on this podcast, is uh, it's always been a fabulous, fantastic journey. Right. So I think my invitation with with that word is when you think of Christian podcasts or Christian media, yeah, it's it's something that's pointing you, you, <laughs> it's pointing you to Jesus. Right, because I think to me Jesus makes like all the difference yeah. of true Christianity. You know, like mm-hmm. I think Christianity wouldn't exist without Jesus, right? But and it's called Christianity. But I think if you see beyond that, yeah, and you find Jesus, yeah, then call it whatever you want. But if all I have is Jesus, I'm like I'm, I stick with that, with that, and I feel like Christian is what points me to that, right? So I feel like it's a conversation initiator. Yeah. So that's my big hope, you know, for like the whole network and what we're doing is like, can we have conversations that invite people that have questions and that wonder about like, I wonder what worship is. I wonder what, you know, Christians do when, when they do music. Like, is it really... Are they really connecting with God? Is it just a show? Right. Why do do why do they go to these secular venues and and do you no know, the whole you no know, doing <laughs> I don't know <laughs> like message type of songs and things like that? Right. So all of that, I feel like, can we start the conversation and mm. see where that leads? Nice. So that's my big hope. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. And and part of the journey for me is seeing how you've been flourishing with with these podcasts and and where it's taking you and and the guests you've had on on the podcast and the conversations you're having with people and i think one of the biggest things for me uh in in doing this podcast was like okay how can i communicate something that god's put in my heart and and that's been the worship experience the music experience you know how can i how can i share that with people how can i share we've talked a lot about this word these nuggets of information you know because and for those of you guys listening the the whole and i was going to make a whole intro about this and why i'm doing this podcast but basically the whole purpose of this podcast was i wanted to sit down with with friends of mine who i've you know shared uh a stage with or or life with and and really share my heart when it comes to worship and uh, i never wanted to sit down and and like i've never been you know you you know i've never been one of those guys that's like you need to know how to do this like you know like i'm not that type of person it's more of like hey let's have this conversation and if whoever happens to listen to this podcast if you get something out of it cool and that's what i want you know you you're going to choose what you get in in and out of this podcast you know and i feel like with your podcast they're very much like that you interview these people you've interviewed politicians singers authors activists uh, missionaries, you you know, uh, musicians. You've you've interviewed all sorts of people, you know, and and I feel like like God's like opening this door, or has opened this door, where these people are sharing their experiences, sharing their thought processes behind whatever their their, you know, whatever God's doing in their life and their ministry or or through their books that they're writing, um, you know. So I think podcasting is just one of the most pop it's got to be the probably what the most pop one of the most if not the most popular form of like media right now i would say in the world i mean there's like probably million billions of podcasts at this point yeah. you know I, I everybody that i know listens to some sort of podcast 
you know yeah everybody that i know has a favorite one you know yes. like i know because we when we were in signa i remember we brought up the podcast conversation and that and we were all kind of like oh i listened to this podcast or i listened yes. to this one you know man that's so good that i i love that you mentioned that because uh one thing i wanted to say about like the network and christian podcast and all of that it's because um like i said no the 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 communication journey of like having my degree and all of that and and wanting to do something with media um i was kind of like doing these uh interviews for um christian tv network in spanish called enlace and one time i got to go to and this was all like pro bono right like yeah. I just, i'm just doing it because i love it yes uh but i remember we went to washington One, because Signa was playing at like Creation Festival, oh, right? Yeah, and yeah. we kind of got ourselves yeah. into that like kind of like pay to play, but it was fun experience nonetheless. And then Switchfoot was playing like the main you know, main yeah. headliner, whatnot. And then we got to see them in the like in the side stage type side stage type of thing. You know, when you're eating and things yeah. like that. And my friend Chocho is yeah. taking pictures with John, and like, hey, John, <laughs> and, like we're buddies, and it was so funny, man. <laughs> Such a good experience. But uh, at the same time, I went as a journalist nice. for this Enlace Network. Yeah. So I got to interview back then, you know, I got to interview Emery, nice. uh, the, the, you know, the hardcore band. Yeah. And then I got to interview the guy from Corn that you know, became Christian. What's his name? Um, Head. Head. Yeah. Right. Um, well, Brian Emery Head. became the Bad Christian podcast, yes. which was so, like a super influential podcast, right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's, I think yeah. honestly, I feel like that's, that's a little bit of why this started yeah. you know because i started listening to, i mean i didn't know emery necessarily but right. when i interview them i'm like oh cool that's a cool band i listened to them a little bit but then eventually abel from yeah. signa mm -hmm. he comes and he says hey have you guys heard of you know, the bad christian podcast yeah so we started listening to that well i started listening to that yeah, and same. then yeah. uh became pretty cool experience of like oh that's that's interesting they're going through like all this journey of i Back then, it was like the deconstruction yeah. and all of that, right? They were part of Mars Hill Church. Mars that? Hill, like they <laughs> yeah. were worship leaders. Yeah, they were worship leaders. There. And, and in a sense, I, I felt a tug of like, okay, these guys are basically, I think, I think at some point it became un unhealthy, right? I, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to like point fingers because I'm not in their journey, right? But I did interview the guy that came out of Bad Christian, uh, joey svensson oh yeah yeah yeah. right uh -huh. so yeah um i got to talk to him one yeah. time and there there's a whole section i cut out because he asked me to cut out okay. <laughs> because we talked about bad christian because that's yeah. when he got kind of like kicked out or no they split mm. yeah and honestly i feel like there was some like spiritual thing going on and uh, to me like spiritual stuff is like yeah like mental even like mental health stuff to yeah. me all of that it's within like spiritual stuff and spiritual realm uh To the point where uh, Steve uh, Joey is Vincent, right? Like he said, man, can you cut all of that stuff when we talk about uh, the Bad Christian podcast? Can you mm -hmm. cut it out? Because and I could, I remember when we were on the Zoom call. Yeah, like I remember him almost like lowering his face and things like that. Wow. I'm like, wow, this like this Bad Christian thing is intense for him. Like it, yeah. it almost yeah. took him out, man. Like it almost took him mm -hmm. to like he went into not not just because of the Bad Christian, but he was in a season of like depression and things like that yeah uh so that's the area that i feel like man if these guys are influencing people for that like i wonder if if god is real right and god is good mm. i wonder if he can influence people for good 
through the same medium through podcasting right. through yeah you know, through media yeah. online and not to say you know like a christian podcast is the only one because right now there's a lot of like uh like really awesome I call them podcasters, but they're really like maybe YouTubers, but yeah. maybe they maybe they see their, themselves more as YouTubers, but they really are communicators. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're coming on their on YouTube and they're becoming like massive followings, you know, like yeah. almost a million yeah. people of subscribers each. Yeah. I'm like, okay, God is up to something like in this like media realm. So I'm excited yeah. for that, you know, and I think, you know, I play my part with, with Christian podcasts. I feel like I want to be almost like the opposite of bad Christian. I didn't want to call it the good Christian, right? <laughs> but but at the same Luke time, I'm like Christian. But I wanted to yeah. almost like say, if there's a bad Christian, can there just be one that where Christian means what it should, where yeah. it should point to Jesus? Right. Right? Yeah. So hopefully, I mean that that's a little bit of tangent on on. And that podcast well, got is, like here. Yeah, and that podcast is super influential. Like that podcast, yeah. we were all fans of it. Like you, uh, uh, Abel and I were like really big fans of it, and we would talk about it. Like, hey, did you listen to the episode with so and so? And like, yeah, because they had really good guests. I mean, they had yeah. you know Dustin Kensher, which you know Kensher, which we you know were fans of thrice. Uh, who else that they had? They had a bunch of Hill, like a bunch of Mars Hill pastors as well. Yeah. Um, and the stuff that they would talk about and almost like satire of Christian culture. Yeah. You know, which, it was funny. It yeah, was funny. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> right. Which we were, you know, which we were like, you know, our big fans of. Um, I, I feel like that was one of the first of its kind because I feel like that there's similar podcasts like that now, you mm. know, because they spawned a bunch of different other podcasts like the, yeah. app, uh, uh, what is it? The Pastor with No Answers, I believe, was another yeah. one, you know, um, and they were very vulnerable in the faith. Yes. You know, things were like, oh, man, you can't be vulnerable. But they were, you know, they were very like, we're authentic people who basically yes. like we're Christian, but we struggle just like everybody else. We go through things just like everybody else, yeah. you know, and 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 that podcast was interesting because I feel like it really is an influential one not just for us but just for a lot of people like that really was one of the first i think that that podcast is probably responsible for a lot of deconstruction of faiths in the united states yeah i think so <laughs> like i think so i've talked to people that talk yeah, to them yeah and yeah i think there's one with brian sand yeah uh, and i think he's talked to joyce vincent and maybe with them i don't know but um yeah like i i i'm certain <laughs> <laughs> that they were super influential in, yeah. in in a lot of people's journey of, I think, I would say depression, man. I, I wouldn't yeah. even say like deconstruction right. of faith. I feel like I feel like once you podcast or broadcast yeah. stuff about like loneliness and you it know, lack of community, of it starts coming right? out. Yeah, it it just becomes it becomes depressing. Yeah. Right. Well, it's because so, they were very vulnerable to that stuff, to the yeah. struggles that everybody was having, you know, to the struggles as guys that we don't talk about, as people, yeah. but as, as guys in particular yeah. that we don't talk about, you know, because I think all of us at one point struggle with, like, man, I feel alone or mm -hmm. struggle with the pressures of life, you know, or like, can I do this? Can I, can I be a good dad and a good husband, a provider? Can I, whatever, you know, like I've, yeah. I've, dude, I've struggled with, man, I suck, you know, like, dude, I'm a horrible bass player like you know like i have times where i'll play and i'll be like oh man that, that was i killed it and then yeah. there's other times where i'm like oh no i'm awful yeah like and i'm and in my head i'm just like and and i remember like 
the bad Christian, they were just like, we'll be honest about certain things. Like, you know, yeah. like oh, I feel like this or I feel like that, you know? And it's all things that we can relate to. And I think that's why it struck a chord. Cause it's like, Hey man, these mm-hmm. guys are struggling just like I am. Yeah. You know, they had, I think that's, yeah. I think that's, that's what made, um, made him so relevant. Yeah. Right. The thing I feel like, uh, not that they lacked, but that I aspire, mm-hmm. right. Personally, not, not regardless of right, you know, right. who it is. You, you, you. Yeah. I aspire to inspire. Nice. Okay. And I think that to me, that makes the whole difference, you know, because it's almost like how low can you get before you give up? Yeah. Right? And before yeah. you, you invite others to say kind of like that, what we were saying, you know, like the, the Mexican mindset of like, uh, man, they scored a goal against us. It's over. It's over. Right. It's, yeah. it's done. Like how low can you get before you say, maybe maybe we can make it you know maybe there's a chance maybe there's still hope right so once you start looking at hope and maybe visualizing a a hopeful future or a brighter future even in your walk of faith Mm -hmm. i think that's the moment you you start inspiring people yeah and then and that's my goal you know when 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 i talk about like this christian and jesus and all of that is like really inspire people to hope inspire people to community inspire people to not give up right and even not give up in their faith right because i think i think that 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 kind of sucks you know to to it's communal like faith is communal like faith yeah. is not just yeah. like my faith and my belief in jesus no, 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 yeah uh we believe together you yeah. know that's why it's, it, the church yeah it's it's People following yeah. Christ is not one person no. following Christ, it's right? And people, there's power, yeah. like when you read the gospels and stuff, like, you know, where two or three gather in my name, I'm right. in the midst, yeah. right? So why not when one? Well, certainly the Holy Spirit is with one, right? Yeah. But why does he makes? We're not meant the, to walk alone, right? He makes an emphasis yes. of like, this yeah. is a communal thing. We yes. do this together. So that's the part where I feel like when, when a podcast or whatever medium it is, right? When yeah. It's so influential, but it's also, uh, you no, know, it points to like hopelessness and things like that. That's where I feel like, mm, that's, I question that, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate the journey there, Yeah. but I feel like there's, there's gotta be a point where are we going to be victims or are we, are yeah, we going to look right, into hope? Right. And cause that's what it's all about. Like the gospel is about hope ultimately. Yes. yes. We can be going through things, but it's like, no, well, no, this is, that's why we have Jesus. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 it doesn't mean that we're not going to be depressed. It doesn't mean that we don't we shouldn't go and talk to a therapist. That doesn't mean that like great. Yeah. You need to do those things. Those are things are great. But know that also hey, Jesus is behind that. You know, Jesus is right behind you talking to your therapist about whatever it is that you're going through or or during your breakdown or whatever it is that you're struggling with. It's like, "Hey, I'm right here." Jesus, I'm right here, right next to you, yeah. going through it with you. You know Oof. what I mean? That's quantum physics right there. Quantum well, I physics. Think. <laughs> 101. Yeah. That's so good, man. Man, so you and I, and, and we're going to end with this because this is a fun part of the podcast now that we kind of got a little deep, but you and I are massive, massive Simpsons fans. Yes. Massive Simpsons fans, uh, which is funny because... You watched The Simpsons completely in Spanish. I did. And I watched it (laughs) completely in English. Ay caramba. caramba. (laughs) And we'll relate to the... Did he say ay caramba in English too? Yes, because you would be like, ay caramba. Ay caramba. (laughs) That's funny. I always thought it was like some sort of translation. No, he would say, (laughs) ay caramba. 
And uh, well, we always talk about these episodes and you remember them in Spanish and I always remember them in English. Yeah. So one of the things that we always and the Simpsons always did really good was make fun of like church stuff. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I, I always thought growing up, I'm like, okay, these Simpsons writers, some of them must have gone to church because yeah. they get it so right on. Yes. And we're going to react to the clip. Which one did you want to react to first right now? Let me see. I have two clips. So one is the, it's called In the Garden of Eden. Okay. Which is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> I love that one. So good. And, okay, and, and turn up the volume. And, yeah. And this is at a church service. And it kind of reminds me of Beto's experience because he's handing out the hymnal, the little, the little pamphlet with, with yeah. the lyrics on there. Like that. Yeah. My church looked yeah. a little bit like that in the, you know, the, the feeling of it. It was, yeah. uh, even though I think this is Met Methodist church, yeah. mine was congregational, but, uh, here we go. We're going to watch it. <laughs> First church. Hymns here. I got hymns here. Get them while they're holy. Fresh from God's brain to your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and now, please rise for our opening hymn. Uh, in the Garden of Eden by <laughs> I, Ron Butterfly. <laughs> don't know this is a really popular rock song <laughs> yeah i do like for example i didn't know what <laughs> <laughs> by iron butterfly iron butterfly uh, that's the name of the band iron butterfly we used to make up to this hymn <laughs> and it's a very long song uh, she goes off for like a solo <laughs> <laughs> They're into it, man. <laughs> Wait a minute. This sounds like rock and or roll. <laughs> Beach ball. <laughs> she fell right there. She fell to her death or something. Oh, man. That's so good. What do you think, man? Dude, that's one of my favorite ones. Like when I first saw that as a kid, I was like rolling. I was just like, oh. And it's funny because not when you like, knew that song. Like when when you listen to the song, it's like an, a song you knew. So when I first saw it as a kid, I just laughed because of like when the lady, you know, because I was like maybe like nine when I first saw it. Um, later on, when I got into music and I'm like, and I heard of I, uh, Iron Butterfly, and that's their most famous song. It's a really famous like rock song. Um, it's like credited to be like one of the, like the first like heavy metal songs. Um, and so when I saw this clip again, then it took on a whole other meaning because I'm like, oh, they're making they're you know, they're doing a satire to I Iron Butterfly, Iron well, Butterfly. Yeah. And like the whole thing and <laughs> and how like, you know, yeah, I, I guess think probably the writers are imagine if if at a church you sang a rock song. Right. So they're thinking right. like, how can we make that happen? In The Simpsons. In The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's genius. Right. Because when i think it's the first right like a first ever like yeah i mean maybe the the things i said right like we were singing songs but it was it wasn't like part of the yeah like the chapel time right of the church right of the liturgy right. to sing a song yeah so for these guys to think the writer tried to think like 
what if you're really singing a rock song? Well, it's funny because you said it's part of the, the you know the liturgical side of church, which is liturgical is just a fancy word of like basically everything that we do, like the traditional stuff. And the worship part of it is like we grew up in church, so like oh yeah, it's worship. But one time somebody broke it down to me, and they're like, you're basically playing live to people every single weekend like christian musicians yeah. are basically live and then like you know obviously in in, in bigger churches mega churches there's like lights and there's like a whole production and there's like yeah. so it's like basically you're almost playing like a concert yeah. every single week for however yeah. many people are there you know yeah so it's like in a sense <laughs> and that would be an interesting conversation maybe you know for not that you're doing the 1564 because yeah. that can kind of lead into like the performative side of right of you know worship and things yeah. like that and and even leveraging that as a kind of like as a show right because i've yeah. talked a little bit of that of that in my you know, in my podcast i do in english um mildly you know with people here and there mostly pastors in terms of like you know the production of the show and then you know a pastor used to call it like the disney formula <laughs> like in some yeah. circles they describe it as yeah. the disney formula you know like yeah. kind of like people come and then you make them laugh you make them cry you give yeah. them a show yeah. and then you put jesus in there and it's like oh that's the, the disney formula the disney formula wow. <laughs> yeah, it's so intense man i mean he's not that far off <laughs> <laughs> all right okay, this so one let's watch this one is simpson song about a man so i i mean i I'm trying to recall this episode, but I think it's one where Ned Flanders' wife passed. And then this like Christian singer comes to the church and sings a song. <laughs> and then the cool thing is that, you know, for the writer's credit, yeah. I think in this one, uh, I think at the end they make it seem a little bit like he found some comfort in, oh, okay. yeah. in, in, in the song yeah, being the played song. or whatever, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not even sure I remember this, but we'll see. Same building. <laughs> Flanders is late to church. Electric yes. guitars in church. Oh my god. Electric Bobby guitars in church. The <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is a love song about a dude I met in a sleazy motel. <laughs> a dude named God. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a dude named God. In a hotel room in Delacroix. I was drinking like a Dartmouth boy in And this is kind of like a like a Amy Grant type of See, <laughs> Homer's just like plain sleeping. She's talking about the Bible. So uh, she's good looking. Shut up. <laughs> a book about uh, man. A book about the dude who lives above. A, a dude. book about man. <laughs> the relatable side. You know, you gotta make it relatable. Sweet, sweet love. He made me sweet, sweet love, or what did she say? I think so. Now, if you think he doesn't care, or maybe that he isn't there, it's not too late to see how wrong you are. Well, he's, yeah, he's feeling it. <laughs> so when your soul is gone astray, just let God be your triple A. He'll tow you to salvation, and he'll overhaul your heart. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole play on, like, the whole like Jesus take the wheel, you know, it's like a whole yeah. play on songs like that. That like yeah. it's a story, you know, uh, like there's a bunch of ministries that are very like 
I think I, I, I think one time I heard a ministry called like Hookers for Jesus. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's like it's like a play on yeah. stuff like that where it's like, let's try to make it really relatable, but also like shocking. Like what's going to turn heads, you know, especially wow. at a church, you know? Yeah. So it's like, that's why Flanders is like, oh my God, electric guitars in church. Yes. You know? and, that a of. <laughs> and especially at you know, that, that type of church. <laughs> Man, those are, I, I love The Simpsons and I love, uh, like, I wish, I think that's, that's why it's um, almost like that's my goal, you know, with the podcast and with this, with these things we're doing with the network. It's almost like, can we, can we have fun and talk about this? And right. I mean, eventually I think it's pointing to Jesus and I think that's what Ned experienced right there, right? Like, yeah. mm, like there's, there's more to my struggle Right. And you know, maybe God is actually yeah. caring for me and he he loves me like that type of stuff, right? That <laughs> yeah. you know, they portray. But I mean the writers of the show is like psh, props to them, you know. Cuz sometimes I mean even the the fact that Homer is sleeping. Yeah. Uh they always right. portray Homer as like almost like the atheist, right? Cuz in, yeah. in another one he's he like he looks to, to the Bible and he's like it doesn't have any answers. <laughs> 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 right? So I mean it's just genius, but I love that the fact that they bring it up cuz it's just even if you just look at it culturally, yes, it's so relevant. Yeah, because the the um, the church is such a big part of uh, the um, of American culture. You know, like yeah. it's so, especially back in the day. I think obviously now, you know, there's a very almost I wouldn't say anti, but it's very like there's more people now who are like, oh, you go to church, uh, you know. As yeah. back in the day, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I go to church. You know, even if you weren't. A follower of Jesus, that's just what you did on Sundays, you know, that's what your family did on Sundays, you know, because I've met a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, I grew up in church, but, you know, I, yeah. you know that's just a thing my parents used to make me do, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it wasn't like I wanted to go, you know, Yeah. and they don't go to church anymore, but it was wow. just, you know, a thing that they, their parents wanted to do, so kudos to the Simpsons because they, they kind of play on that. Yes, sir. Dude, tell us where we can follow you. Uh, tell us about, uh, shout out. The Instagram pages that you're part of, people know where to find your podcast. Instagram pages, yeah, I guess. I mean, the easiest thing is christianpodcast.com, which we're going to have all these episodes. Basically, I'm making a link to the network where you can see all the podcasts that we're producing right there. But then there's also links to all the social media networks. So Twitter, which I I kind of dislike Twitter, but nonetheless, right, it's a thing. So Twitter, um, <laughs> what's the other one? TikTok. Instagram, most of those, we're, the hashtag or the, no, the handle is mm. at Extian Podcast. Extian. Yep. But, you know, if it, that's confusing, just go to christianpodcast.com and then, you know, go find all the the links or just Google it, right? Christian Podcast with Beto or things like that and it will pop up and we're on every single platform, man. It's like YouTube, Facebook, uh, Roku TV. Roku you can TV. find the Spanish and the English episodes. So there's two channels. There's the nice. you know, Roku TV Christian podcast and the Roku TV Christian podcast in Espanol. Nice. So all of those are there. We're also making like um, music production. So like the last yeah. one you had you yeah. know, with Brianna and Victor. Yeah. Uh, they sang a song. So that's you know, hopefully one of my visions is that maybe this studio can turn into a little bit like the tiny desk. Nice. Uh, type of thing so yeah. have you no know, people come and and do their original songs and things like that and awesome dude um you know to feature them on on the roku tv and the christianpodcast.com nice well you heard it go listen to these podcasts support the the ministry because this is really what we are 
Um, like Beto said, we the our good friends Brianna and Victor uh, Cota uh, were here. We had an amazing podcast conversation with them. So go listen to it. Check out their song. They recorded a song here in this room, an original worship song. It's a great, great song. And uh, dude, thank you so much. For thank you for having me on your show, man. Thank you for producing <laughs> <So good>. the <this laughs> show. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, what's up? Yeah, shout out to Palm Harvest Church here in Costa Mesa, where we attend. You lead worship every Sunday. And Pastor Mike, I'm just like super grateful for um, the opportunity to even have this space here. So shout out Palm Harvest. You can check them out on palmharvest.org. Cool. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Sweet. Pastor Mike Studios. Yeah. <laughs> Remember?